0: Coast to Coast AM Archives, you're listening to the Best of Art Bell. This program was originally broadcast May 27, 1994. Please do not call. From the high desert and the great American
1: Southwest, I bid you good evening or good morning, whatever the case may be. And it varies across the time zones. Uh, So, hello there. How's that? Welcome to another edition of Coast to Coast AM-PM. My guest is indeed from Islip, East Islip, New York, Preston Nichols, and in effect, he's going to pick up where Al Bielik left off. And uh, many of you, I know many of you, are very familiar with the story of the Philadelphia experiment and Al Bielik. Don't know a lot about Preston Nichols and the Montauk Project, but as you know, Al Bielik referred to it as a uh, part of the Philadelphia experiment so it's been a great curiosity for me and for many of you and we are honored therefore to have Preston Nichols with us this evening let's uh, go all the way to East Islip New York and Preston Nichols Preston are you there
2: yes i'm here
1: well welcome to the program
2: thank you uh, the pleasure is mine
1: Preston, I don't have a, uh, any sort of biographical uh, sketch on you, so why don't you tell me, tell everybody who you are.
2: I'm essentially an electrical engineer, graduated from University of Tampa, attended the Polytechnic Institute of New York. I've worked in the uh, military industrial establishment for a number of years, worked on many uh, secret projects, including the Montauk Project
1: okay are you now uh... are you retired now
2: i consider myself semi-retired i've been forced to be semi-retired
1: okay uh, i have my
2: own business now
1: you have your own business all right yeah. you want to tell us what kind of business
2: we do uh, electronics manufacturing small manufacturing uh, r&d work uh, testing we do rebuilding of electronic equipment for the small industries in on long island here
1: very good uh, all right, Preston. Um, what in the world uh, is or was? Is, is the Montauk Project still going on? Yes, it is. It is. Mhm. Uh, when did it begin, and what can you tell us about it?
3: Well, as far as
2: we know, it traces back to about 1947, when they when they decided to restart the Philadelphia experiment to find out what actually went wrong and why the people on the boat were not able to take the uh, field. As we've all heard before, the Philadelphia Experiment is where they attempted to make a ship, a Navy ship radar, invisible. They got total invisibility and the thing disappeared. And it got sucked into a hole in hyperspace between 1943 and 1983. Excuse me. So what actually happened is they did a lot of R&D work. The project split in the two. The engineering went to Los Alamos, we believe, and that's where they developed the stealth technology. that's on the third level of the stealth aircraft these days. The other part of the project, which was the human factors project, went to Brookhaven National Laboratories, which was the largest human factors <coughs> research in the United States this is now about nineteen fifty we believe it joined what was known as the phoenix project which was a very large all-encompassing research project involving research into the human mind the mind of man starting back in world war one and world war two with propaganda pa systems leaflets dropping this sort of thing it evolved up through chemical research drug research Hmm. After they spun their wheels a lot of time out of Brookhaven Labs, they got the stealth technology user-friendly. That means human being could take the field. I cannot go into what that's all about because I did sign security on that.
1: <clears throat> they made you. They made you. They made you sign a paper. mm
2: mm-hmm. Well, when you get employment, anything that they have you sign, it would be illegal and jail time to talk about, you'd be uh, convicted of espionage. That's right. See, on the Montauk Project, they used different methods of security, which we can get into a little later, where I never signed for it.
1: So there will be some some of it that you can talk about.
2: Yeah, the Montauk Project I can talk of, because that I never signed for. In fact, officially, I never existed on that project.
1: Oh, um, well, alright, uh, let's back up a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that you've heard Al Bielick's, uh description of the Philadelphia experiment. Yes, I
2: have many times.
1: Do you, uh, do you agree with or quarrel with it or do you think it's accurate or do you know of any inaccuracies or anything you'd like to correct about what he said about it?
2: Well, essentially what he's saying is very controversial. I believe there are many different tests of radar invisibility, total invisibility, that the government research did attempt in World War II, and he's reporting on one test. If you read the popular Bill Moore book, Bill Moore compiled all sorts of information, which was on a number of different kinds of tests, different kinds of procedures used. This is why the book is somewhat confusing. Al was speaking essentially from personal experience, <coughs> excuse me, and talking with a lot of other people that he's come across, just as I've come across people. The Philadelphia experiment did happen. It was definitely a high energy physics project. There is other information coming to surface saying that Nikola Tesla had a input to it in the beginning. Correct. And. Uh, you know, Doctor John Eric von Neumann definitely did work on it. He himself told me that, and uh, I think Al's idea of what happened on the boat—excuse <coughs> me—it was pretty much correct. Because also, I've had the same idea from other witnesses, like Duncan Cameron, who was also on the boat with Al. All I right, really So, don't have any quarrels with that.
1: So, so then you think the story is essentially correct?
2: It's essentially correct. I think he may have missed some items and some of the points.
1: One, one thing that uh, that I've found, as I've interviewed a lot of people who talk about um, time travel, mm-hmm. uh, talk about uh, alien spacecraft and the way uh, space might be uh, warped, and the way it might be jumped across, in fact, and the technologies that they're talking about are strikingly similar to the one that uh, Al Bielek told us about.
2: Well, again, we're discussing here what happens when you pulse a magnetic field to extremely strong levels. It's well known in the quantum physics world that if you pulse a magnetic field beyond... I believe it's a thousand Tesla field strength. It is highly possible to bend space and time. Now if you can control this, it is theoretically possible to gain control of space and the time continuum, which would lead to the ideas that all this stuff you hear coming out of the UFO legends has some scientific basis behind us behind it. Although a lot of your physicists will not accept the idea that there are parallel multiple realities, but your quantum physics is beginning to accept that idea at this point, and a lot of them always have.
1: What was the mission of the Montauk Project? What what were they trying to do, accomplish? What was the central theme?
2: (coughs) Well, after the stealth technology was developed, it was suggested that this is the first time we have definite evidence that the mind of man is sensitive to electromagnetic field. Let's research this further and develop population control. We can weaponize this thing as to make the enemy surrender. And, you know, I'm sure the possibilities are mind-boggling at this point. Congress said, no, we don't want this. This is mind control. This is too politically active. They were setting up to research, literally, mind-control technologies. They went to the military and said, "Uh, would you be interested in this kind of a weapon? Of course, this is every tactician's dream. So the military said, yes, we are, and they gave them the old Montauk Air Force Station, which is only about 40 miles away from Brookhaven Labs, Mm -hmm. that they can do this stuff in secrecy and not be under the watchful eye of the the congressional committees.
1: Well, when you say mind control, what exactly were they able to do to a person?
2: Well, they were able to essentially inject a thought into a person's mind, make them believe it's his own thought, and control what you're thinking, and therefore have some effect on what you're doing. They could literally read out what you're thinking, they could modify your thought patterns. Oh. What, what? And this was done at a distance using radio waves.
1: At a distance using radio waves.
2: That's what this whole thing was about. Remember, it started by studying the effects of electromagnetics on human beings and the cell technology. And it evolved into this device that could literally reach into a person's mind.
1: At a distance?
2: At a distance. Uh, Up to about thousands of miles. We're not sure exactly how far it was. (laughs)
1: <laughs> All right, Preston, I want you to hold on for a moment. We're going to take a break here. Okay. All right, you said you can't talk about the um the technical aspects of uh whatever allowed uh you know the the you know, biologically friendly uh fields to be applied. Mm. But can you talk about the technology that allows Mind control, or is that one of yes, the same? Yes,
2: because I did not sign for that. They use mind control to make anyone that worked on the project forget what they did.
1: Well, all right. How? What? What technology is beyond uh, behind that? I know radio waves, but radio waves generally are totally harmless and without effect to biological entities. They're all around us.
2: Well, this, as you've probably been reaching, this is coming up to a lot of debate at this point, exactly how harmless are these electromagnetic waves. That's true. Most of our waves that we do deal with in our environment are what we call continuous waves, CW, like coming out of your radio transmitter. Right. Human beings are sensitive to pulsed waves, fast on and off, semi-random fractal-based type modulations in pulse form. They use pulse frequency and pulse amplitude. It's a very, very specialized form of modulation, resembling some very modern chirp-type radar signals.
1: All right, so it's a a true pulse, then. It's not just a pulse modulation?
2: It's a true pulse. It's a frequency-hopping
1: pulse. Frequency-hopping?
2: Yes, it, it goes from frequency to frequency to frequency. If you tune it in on a radio receiver, it just sounds like a crack at a particular frequency. Then it goes to another frequency, you've got another crack, and it hops around from frequency to frequency. Montauk had about 20 different frequencies. They hop between 420 and 460 megahertz. 420
1: and 460 again, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, the Russians are using something uh, something or another that we call the woodpecker. Well, that's down at HF. That's HF, is correct. correct. But, and so it's and not... that's
2: the same, similar type of modulation scheme. Is it? Again, it's a pulse with a chirp inside the pulse. Oh. I've looked at the Russian woodpecker. In fact, we have what we call over the horizon radar here, which looks almost identical but much more sophisticated. And when that first appeared on the air, I, I called the FCC and asked them what it was, and they said it was the American version there was the American over-the-horizon radar. I said, oh, you mean like the Russian woodpecker? And he said, yeah, it's our version of the woodpecker.
1: I see. And and so then you're saying that uh, with the right kind of pulse, in the right frequency range...
2: Not the frequency range, how you hop from frequency to frequency. Remember, you're building essentially a hologram, a holographic-type information packet out of... Delta frequency information and delta amplitude information and delta phase. Of course, phase and frequency is the same. Remember, you're dealing here with very fast deltas. You have to integrate this into essentially a random ordered white noise pattern built very much on fractals.
1: All right. Let's assume then that all of this, which is going to begin to get above some of their heads and perhaps mine as well, uh, all of this would affect a biological entity. How it's would it's
2: a very unique type of radio signal?
1: The next question is, how would you make it specific to any uh, particular biological entity, uh, particularly okay, that at a distance?
2: Is very interesting itself. See, at the Montauk Project, we use what we call a witness or a signature. A signature is a group of frequencies, the electromagnetic frequency transform which represents a particular human being like a set of fingerprints, you would perceive a holographic thought with the signature, transmit the thought and then you know, follow it with the signature. That signature would identify it as a person's particular thought. All you would have to do is identify the person's signature and as the signal was being generated it would be transmitted with that signature. Montauk, essentially, was what we like to call a mind amplifier.
1: So, yes, okay, I'm beginning to get it. So an individual, then, is required as part of the, in effect, the transmitted portion.
2: Yeah, the overall signal that was being transmitted was generated by a human being at Montauk. Uh
4: Uh-huh.
2: They had a group of sensors that picked up his holographic thought pattern, processed it through a very large computer system, and then put it into a modified radar transmitter. That's where I came into the picture. I was the one that was in charge of modifying the (sighs) radar transmitter.
1: Oh, that's incredible. Oh, I see. All right, so that's how you got into this. Yeah. actually
2: essentially built a mind amplifier.
1: Yeah, I understand, a mind amplifier. And and
2: that led to all sorts of things, including mind control, precipitation of objects. You know, uh, there were all sorts of things that were done from this.
4: Well, let's say. They were take...
2: able to create an object out of the background ether. Good. Because if a person right. sitting at the input of this could visualize that object in their artificial reality or virtual reality, this equipment had the capability of making it real. We're talking uh, probably at least 100 million watts continuous, not pulsed power that they had out there. Because the thing was modified to what's known as BMUs, which had 100 megawatts continuous power
1: did it actually create an object or did it create um, the vision of an object
2: it could do either one depending upon the fidelity of the transform being reproduced through the equipment like you could picture if your signal coming out of your transmitter was complete enough it would be theoretically possible to recreate you at the other end the reason you can't is one the receiver doesn't have enough power then the information channel from the transmitter to the receiver is nowhere near high enough fidelity in the other dimensions and realities required to do it this is what we tried to do at montauk was bring up this fidelity factor of broadcast
1: what could you get an individual to do you say you could put an idea in an individual's mind uh... how much uh, uh... power of suggestion could you accomplish that? Okay, effort? I
2: really don't know because that's the logistics of the project. You remember the information was very compartmentalized. Now, legend: this is reports from people who I've spoken to told me that they can get a person to do almost anything they want. This is the way it was put: that almost the sky was the limit.
1: God, that's incredible! You they know,
2: wanted to program somebody to be an assassin.
1: Preston, is time travel possible?
2: Well. The thing you have to keep in mind is if you go into pure metaphysics, the non-physical mind is a ripple or a transform or a form on the space-time continuum. If you're going to get your way into the non-physical mind, you got to generate a time wave, which is like a warping or a, or a uh, repetitive bending of the time function. Now... If you could get into this, you have the remnants of a time machine. Now, I know when things were being created out of real time, what I mean is when the concentration would be at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and the object would appear early or after that time, they got very excited, shut the project down for a couple of months and set us all back to school to learn about time. I know they were interested in time manipulation, but of course, who wouldn't be? Yes. Now, being that we're compartmentalized, I have no personal knowledge of how successful the time portal, to say, was. Again, people who had worked with the time portal tell us that was stable, that was usable.
1: Meaning you could travel in time. Yeah. Meaning physically travel to another time.
2: Okay, now, the newer quantum theories even those theories appearing in Scientific American are saying that there are multiple realities where time is different, mm-hmm. and because of the multiple realities, all time does coexist, and it's possible to move from point A to point B in time. And they're saying either it's possible to go into the future which has a lot to say about, is the future predestined or isn't it? Exactly. If you can travel into the future, to me, it means that we're already predestined as to what's going to happen. I believe if you make a time loop from point A to point B, you just predestined between point A and point B.
1: All right. uh, Preston Nichols is my guest. Uh, He was involved in the Montauk project, and apparently there's more going on with it than I thought there was. All right, we're going to take our break here at the bottom of the hour, come back, and we'll get some phone lines open shortly if you have questions. Time travel, mind control, the Montauk Project.
0: special replay of Costa Coast AM with Art Bell. This program originally aired May 27, 1994. Please do not call.
1: Preston Nichols is my guest. He's a man who was involved in the Montauk Project, and we're finding out what the Montauk Project is all about, and it's more than just uh, its parent involvement in related weapons systems uh, development that was going on with the Philadelphia Experiment. But mind control, apparently, and more. This is a fax that came... Uh, actually, it's not. It came to me on America Online, on a uh, computer service, Internet. And uh, it was Greg in San Diego. Your guest uh, tonight has remarked that a, a particular technology had to be um, reduced to accommodate humans. Could he elaborate on that statement without violating the secrecy agreement with the government? In other words, is there anything at all that you can tell us about the adaptation of the uh, technology to be biologically friendly?
5: Well,
2: let's say first that there are three levels of stealth. The first two we hear about quite often, which is the radar cross-section, which is how much radar signal does the thing reflect. The second level is absorbing the radar signal. Now, if you've seen a picture or seen a stealth bomber or stealth fighter, you'll know darn well it's a huge pancake, and it's not, it's not, it gives a lot of radar cross-section. Yes. So they didn't do a good job there. And I have worked with the absorbing coatings in order to try to cut down reflections inside of component enclosures, and that stuff doesn't work all that well.
1: Composite materials. Yes.
2: Yeah, so what this is saying is there's got to be a third level. The third level is electromagnetic bottle. Now, how they made the thing user-friendly in a nutshell, this is alluded to in some of the the, uh, aircraft publications, the electromagnetic bottle. They found out that when they cut off the human being from the natural background clocks, you know, the Schumann resonance and all this sort of thing, He had a tendency to become disoriented. Well,
1: no, I I don't know what you mean. What do you mean when you cut him off from normal human clocks?
2: Well, the Earth has a clock. It's commonly called the Schumann resonance, discovered by W.O. Schumann, which every time lightning strikes in the cavity between the upper atmosphere, the ionosphere, and the Earth, this cavity rings. The frequency is around 8 hertz. It slows between 7 hertz and 9 hertz, typically depending upon the time of day.
4: That's very low.
2: Yeah, very, very low. And this is sort of what clocks our biological functions. Also, this changing of the frequency from night to day is what causes us to wake up, go to sleep. It causes a lymphatic flush of the uh, system. Mm-hmm. It also has a lot to do with the alpha-beta-gamma rhythms in the brain. Now, the other problem they had to, the original technology created... A solid field. They had to somehow focus this field into a shell so that the people were not getting irradiated by this large field. I'm not, I'm not talking atomic radiation, but essentially electromagnetic radiation. There, there, mm-hmm. there is a difference. Yes. But either one can be just as dangerous, especially when you're using pulse magnetic fields like they were using to bend space-time to the point where they're just outside of our continuum, so the thing was somewhat invisible either radar or fully invisible
1: hmm so you could get uh, different levels of stealth depending on yes. height you...
2: yes you can huh they go from either zero being in our reality or 90 degrees out being in the imaginary reality at that point the object is gone
1: what are they doing at montauk now
2: well present day it is <laughs> a state park. It's listed on all the maps as Department of Parks property. Huh. The state park is annexed on to the Montau Point State Park. It's known as the Camp Hero Park. Only thing is, the park is closed to the public. Oh. they got a big fence up around it. they got security on the base. they got an electric gate. And there's two power lines going into the park, each capable of uh, multi-megawatts. Now, what's a state park doing multi-megawatts?
4: Good question.
2: Now, we've also knows that there's all sorts of activity. They have what we believe to be a fake uh, program for reclaiming the site and detoxing the site. They talk of removing uh, asbestos. Asbestos? Around the facility, there's these elevated pipes that they use to carry hot water, which have asbestos jackets. Even to this day, they haven't taken that off, and that's the easiest thing to get off. Hmm. And probably some of the most dangerous is as the wind blows, that asbestos is powdering and being blown all over the place. So if they were really removing asbestos, that would have been one of the first things they would have gotten to.
1: Well, what kind of buildings are there?
2: They're demolishing a lot of the old derelict base building. We believe the active area is underground. We've had reports, and I know I've been in the underground, but we've had reports that there's now an eight-level underground, which is huge. Goes out for miles. Was well, this? Some of this could be exaggeration.
1: Is there anything? Uh, anything we know I-
2: that there's a particle accelerator out at Montauk as well.
1: Uh huh. Is there anything else at Montauk that would justify that kind of um, uh, uh, power to it um, on the ground, uh, above ground? Is in other no, words, It's it-
2: just it's it's a bunch of derelict buildings. One building is being used as essentially. The State Park Police cop lives there. Now, what the hell is he going to use with that kind of power? And secondly, there's a State of New York Parks Commission maintenance garage, motor pool maintenance garage. They have this one garage with these three huge transformers. I've heard anywhere from 1.5 megawatts to 10 megawatts going in. Now, even if they put in a megawatt of power, there'd be enough heat created to burn that building down. So, you know, what are they doing with this power going in that building? I say it's going underground.
1: Well, wouldn't it be... Now, also... Well, wait a minute. Wouldn't it be possible, um, uh, Preston, to uh, literally follow the power lines and find out uh, if and where they go underground?
2: Well, the one power line goes underground at the place where the maintenance garage is. Oh. The second power line goes right to the white building where the cop lives. Oh, And we believe it goes underground from those buildings. Now, what I was also going to mention is there are some cement buildings on top of what we call Radar Hill, where the Radar Tower is, the computer center is, which is physically part of the underground. And if you put your ears up against the cement walls, you'll hear like machinery running. There are pipes that stick up out of the ground that I dropped a microphone down. And you'll hear the whine of a turban and the grinding of some sort of fan. Now, for a derelict uh, station, what is the machinery that we hear running?
1: What do you I'm think- not
2: the only one that hears this. A lot of people have reported this.
1: I understand. What do you think they are doing there?
2: Some sort of something going into the electromagnetics of the planet itself. It's been suggested that the planet is tilting, and that's what they're trying on, uh, tilting on the axis, and that's what they're trying to prevent. Who knows? What they're doing is up to a lot of speculation and conjecture. All I can tell you is if you go out there at the right time, you'll pick up a very slow pulse transmission between 420 and 460 megahertz. Again, Oh it's still out there. I got recordings of it. And also you'll pick up a very complex data transmission at 173 megahertz, which is in the guard band for Channel 7. That's why they can't watch Channel 7. If you DF these uh, transmissions, it goes right to the old base.
1: Well, isn't that something?
2: Now, the 173 megahertz transmission, it was done by any civilian. The FCC would come and shut them down.
1: In a New York second. Ah, uh, that's true. Uh, do you think that that is some sort of uh, uh, remote control, perhaps? or I, It is some sort
2: of a data link. What the purpose is, I really don't know, because I have no way of decoding it. Uh-huh. Because uh- I recorded it, wideband recording, video recordings, and handed it to different people, and they tried all the known codes on it, and it doesn't decode. So it's some sort of government secret code, most likely.
1: Is there mind control going on now?
2: There are all sorts of transmissions going on right now, which are definitely psychoactive, whether they're on purpose or accidental, I really don't know. And they seem to have effect on the subliminal level on our consciousness.
1: Tell me, uh, you were saying, in effect, that what they were doing was amplifying the human mind. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Can that be done with any human being, or are there some humans that lend themselves more toward that?
2: Okay, theoretically it can be done with any human being, but you want a person who is trained that when he concentrates, his whole fiber, his whole being concentrates on the one thing. That's a specially trained person. Theoretically any one of us could be trained to do it if we went through the training and we had the capabilities and the qualities, whatever that is. All right. Duncan Cameron is a very unique individual, being able to he can only concentrate on one thing at a time. He can't concentrate on multiple (laughs) tasks. Yes. He's so trained to go one thing at a time. See the human being has to create a virtual reality in his mind. And then the equipment picks out that the emanations of that reality of course, the more complete that reality is, the more complete the uh, transform or the metaphysical thought form would be.
1: And so you're saying an individual using this process with that equipment could create anything from a material object to a being or an entity or a monster?
2: Well, we know that they could create objects. When they went to try to create living beings, they had trouble creating living beings because now you need a much higher degree of information fidelity.
1: I'm sure you do. Yes. Uh, so any living, living creature. Is
2: much more complex and much more detailed.
1: Exactly.
2: It's like taking a TV set and trying to put a thousand line picture on it. You just can't oh. do it.
1: How far have they come in the fidelity area?
2: I don't know. Since 83, I have no knowledge.
1: What part did Montauk play, uh, or what part do you know that it played in the Philadelphia experiment? As I recall, Al Bielek said
2: Well, Montauk is the place where the two sailors came to. Exactly. We're finding that there's quite a few sailors that came from the Eldridge to Montauk and did different things. And the Montauk project was the other end of the time loop between 43 and 83. They used this. Totally fixed time loop in between two points, actually three points, 63 as well. They use this time loop as like a master loop to anchor open-ended loops. That means there's equipment only on one end. Uh-huh. Wherever somebody like Duncan Cameron could picture the time vortex going, if the fidelity was good enough, it would go there. But you'd have to have an anchor to hold it all stable, and that's what they used 63, 83 for
1: what made montauk the other end of it in other words what focused on montauk as the other end or how did that
2: well in metaphysics we have what we call a witness what this is you take a photograph of a person that photograph carries their signature aura whatever you want to call it that's a witness we made sure that we had a witness from montauk to the eldridge by having some of the equipment on Uh. the eldridge Physically part of the Montauk system. We had people present that were on both projects, and then they used the Earth biorhythm cycle as the final witness effect. And guaranteed a lock up of the two projects through space and time. And there's rumors that this may have even ripped open hyperspace enough to allow all the UFOs that have come in recently since forty seven. Wow that has made a major rip in space-time between 43 and 83, no question.
1: Another What's going to
2: come in through that? I don't know.
1: Another person but, who sent me a fax wanted to know if any of this technology is alien technology.
2: I, some of it is rumored to be alien technology. I do believe that this is testing alien concepts either gathered from down UFOs or from the legendary alien uh, treaty with the U.S. government, you know, trading people for technology.
1: Do you, do you believe that that is true?
2: I've seen nothing to say yes, and I've seen nothing that says no.
1: That's careful. <laughs> that's a careful well, First
2: answer. of all, I'm not going to tell you something I know is false. That's, know. that's
1: good. I'm glad.
2: All I'll tell you is I don't know. All right. I'll tell you what I do know
1: about it. All right. Again, uh, let's go into the again, the basic technology that's allowing all of this. And uh, in some detail, in other words, uh, if I wanted to set up something that would bend space and time or that I could uh, uh, begin to focus uh, waves to affect biological entities, what kind of technology would I use? How would I put it together?
2: Well, if you did it the way the government did it, their benchmark was, let's kill flies with a sledgehammer. Lots and lots of power. They had a final amplifier in their transmitter, which had an input of at least 200 million watts of power. Wasted half of that in heat. Heated the Atlantic Ocean with it. And put out 100 million watts. That means... To do anything you would have to build maybe one hundredth of that it means you'd have to build a megawatt transmitter and then pulse the thing. Frequency hop it and pulse it. Then you would have to somehow correlate this to represent a fractal based frequency time transform.
1: All right, that gets a little complicated. Let me let me give you let me give you an analogy and you tell me if this is a good analogy. Go ahead. It's possible, it, uh, it certainly is possible, because it was done, to send a signal across the Atlantic Ocean with a spark gap transmitter.
4: True.
1: It could be done, but it takes massive, massive amounts of power that is very wasteful.
2: Which they didn't have in those days. They were transmitting some other form of electromagnetics. You consider the coherer they used at the other end, needs millivolts of signals. And if you transmit a kilowatt across the Atlantic Ocean, you get maybe 10 microvolts tops. How the hell did that cohere or a trigger? You tell me.
1: Well, my point was you could send a, a, a spark signal across the Atlantic. It was done, but it required a very great deal of power. You can do it today. There wasn't that much power. Well, compared to the power that you, for example, with a modern uh, a single sideband uh, narrowband transmitter, mm-hmm. you could do it today with far well, less power.
2: You can do about 10 watts.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. So that seems like a good analogy to the beginning of the Philadelphia experiment uh, versus the refinements that occurred at Montauk.
2: But still at Montauk, they used tremendous amounts of power. because they were trying to bend the space-time continuum, and it takes tremendous amounts of power. Any quantum physicist will tell you that. It takes something like five and 10,000 ampere per meter magnetic field.
1: Yes, but the original uh, Philadelphia experiment was, as you said, kind of a blunderbuss compared to what could be done today.
2: Well, the Montauk Project was much more finesse. That's why Montauk Project controlled the vortex. They didn't control it from Philadelphia. They controlled it from Montauk.
4: Uh
2: Philadelphia was just another power source. That's all it was. It was an open-ended power source. They had no opened that. All they did was just generate tons of power, put it out in the ether, and by gosh, by God, something happened.
1: What did you actually do? What did you work on?
2: I was started out as a technician, graduated up to an engineer. My responsibility was to modify the old SAGE radar transmitter. I was the fellow that, that set up the pulse modulation schemes, the synchrodyne modulation schemes, and set up the frequency hopping. I had to work on the uh, coho to synthesize local
1: oscillators that we used in the transmitter. What did they tell you you were working on?
2: They told me that we were working on equipment to interface human beings to technology, the mind of man, the technology, which was very interesting to me.
1: I should say. I should say, uh, but you were actually working on the pulsing of the signal that would carry a transmission, not so much uh, uh, that is to affect other, other human beings, right? Where you were yeah, I
2: didn't realize this until later on in the project. This is what they were really doing. At that time, I was so involved in it, I couldn't see myself getting out of it easily. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, it seems to me that's a very, very dangerous technology. Very dangerous. It's
2: very dangerous. Yes, I agree with you.
1: Do that's you? Why
2: uh, we all decided towards the end of the project to crash it.
1: Yeah. Oh, you did. Uh, oh, that's what I was going to ask you. Uh, that's,
2: uh, that, that's why the monster was created to crash the project. Because Duncan, especially, was saying things that the rest of us didn't—you know—didn't dare say. Duncan found God, got excised, we don't know what happened, but all of a sudden he calls a meeting and says, hey, this thing is going totally into the lower world and the lower domains. It's, it's getting very evil. Of course, we all knew this, but we didn't have the guts to say it. And we all agreed, yes, yes, yes. What do we do? Well, we got to bring this thing down. How do we do it? Well, let's, let's create this big, hungry, nasty monster that will scare them into crashing it.
1: Fascinating, and uh, and it worked.
2: Yes, it worked very well. All it did was drive them underground, just shut them down for a while. They're still doing it. Exactly what they're doing, we don't know. We're still researching that.
1: All right, Preston, uh, hang in there. You've got a <laughs> bit of a rest here at the top of the hour, and we'll be back to you. Okay, Preston Nichols is my guest. The Montauk Project, uh, kind of a follow-up on the Philadelphia experiment, is the topic and i promise we will get the telephone lines open into the next hour i promise we will
0: This is a special replay of Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. Tonight's program is a rebroadcast from May 27th, 1994. Please do not call.
1: Raging away on a Saturday morning. Good morning, everybody. Those of you just joining us at this hour, my guest is Preston Nichols, and he worked on the Montauk Project. Preston now is semi-retired and lives in East Islip, New York. And he's been telling us about the Montauk Project. Incredible things. Travel through time, space possibly, I guess both. Mind control, mind amplifiers, thought amplifiers, that's what we're talking about. to Preston Nichols and the Montauk Project. Preston, are you there? Yep. Good. Uh, I've got a number of questions for you, uh, Preston, faxed in, and then we'll get to the telephones. Uh, Art, I would like to ask Preston whether there is a possibility that the occurrences at Amityville, New York could somehow be related to the Montauk Project. I got this thought while reading his book, Montauk Revisited. That's your book?
2: Yep. You mean the Amityville Horror?
1: Story? That's r- Yeah, that's right.
2: I don't know. I was involved as a parapsychology researcher years ago, and we really couldn't tie much of anything to that house. That's the only statement
1: I'll make on it. Uh, you, you were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you was were was at only Amityville.
2: About Ten miles uh, west of here.
1: What? Uh, very briefly, let's take a sidetrack because that's fascinating. Uh, what did you find at Amityville? I, you know, I've seen the movie. I don't know how much uh, relationship that has to what really happened.
2: Well, we checked the uh, heat, we checked the heat differentials, we checked the static charges, we checked them for magnetic anomalies, we didn't find anything, we didn't find anything to back up the bugs, we didn't find anything to back up the bleeding walls. I myself feel that this is something that maybe there was a genuine haunting, but the fellow that wrote the book uh, just blew the thing way out of proportion. All right. But um, we didn't find anything to back it up. I was involved in a team of parapsychologists that was called in to investigate it. All right. There was even rumors of an Indian burial ground under the house. Who knows what really happened there? I don't know.
1: Alright. Um Dear Art. I wonder if you would ask your guest if the super collider was in any way planned to be used with the project he was working on, Montauk.
2: No, because the super collider came afterwards. Although we have been getting a lot of information lately that they are using particle accelerators as particle beam weapons, of course, a particle beam power source, or a particle beam amplifier. This is where they use particles going to the velocity of light, doing the mass energy conversion based upon E equals mc squared. I will tell the public that the physicists have reached the speed of light with particles, and that they today are using this as a power source or a power amplifier. Imagine a uh, power amplifier that can tap the power of a nuclear bomb, literally. This may be where they got all the power to bend space and time at Montauk. We know there was a particle accelerator, and I believe it's active today because once, myself and other people walking over, it got a dose of some sort of radiation.
1: Well, I this know had, I know uh, this.
2: been radiation sickness for a while.
1: Uh-huh. Preston, uh, I know this, that they have considered using... Nuclear explosions or controlled explosions in uh, in satellites to focus uh, beams is that, is that
2: yeah, to focus a laser? Yeah, yeah. I, I've read the same thing. That's supposedly a Star Wars weapon. Exactly. But we really don't need that. all we got to do is accelerate particles to see. They do it by starting out with a large accelerator, dumping into a smaller one, into a smaller one yet, and each each time you go to a smaller and smaller one, the velocity just goes up. Remember, as you bring the particles closer in the circle, what happens, the momentum makes them go faster and faster. And at some point, you're going to reach C, the speed of light. And magical things happen when you reach
1: the speed of light. Well, uh, what about surpassing it? Is it possible?
2: Not in this dimension.
1: So that I in, in effect...
2: 100% correct. You cannot surpass the speed of light within our reference frame you're going to surpass the speed of light, you got to do it in another reference frame relative to ours. And I'm saying, I believe it's possible to go past it, but not in our reality as we know it. You've got to warp into another reality to go past the speed of light relative to us here.
1: All right, uh, listen, this comes from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, please ask Mr. Nichols if there's a way that anybody can render himself or herself impervious to mind control by any outside force or protection?
2: Well, what you have to do is you have to consider the level of consciousness and awareness this thing is operating at, and you just got to raise your level of awareness above that. The mind, if it's aware of what's going on, the mind can uh, automatically protect against this. That's part of why I'm putting this information out, to let people know what's going on so they got an idea of how to protect themselves on a subconscious level.
1: You're saying then, in effect, you can protect yourself with your own will. Right. All right, I've got it, I this think. This is
2: a message of the New Age, essentially.
1: So the New Age is mixed in with all of this.
2: Oh, yes. Very uh, definitely. All right. This is the application of new age metaphysical principles to technology. This is what we're talking of.
1: All right, let us uh, go to the telephones and see what's out there. Um, for Preston Nichols, on the wild card line, you're on the air. Hi, where are you calling from, please?
3: I'm calling from uh, Bourbon, Missouri.
1: All right, uh, you're on the air with Preston Nichols. Go ahead.
3: Anyway, uh, I wonder if you ever heard of a guy named Edward Teller. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever read his book on the astrometrical uh, universe? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, and in there you realize that he talks about the unlimited power that is available through the uh, antimatter. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is a man who's very credible because Mm -hmm. he invented the, uh, and was largely uh, responsible for the invention of the atomic bomb. And he's also a rocket scientist. And he's also a rocket scientist. That's absolutely correct. But we also know, you and I know anyway, and I don't know how many other people know, but uh, he, he was also instrumental in some of the accelerators where they actually created antimatter. Mm-hmm. Very true. And when you have antimatter meet real matter, you have 100% cool. conversion of energy.
1: Right. That's, that's not good.
3: Well,
2: it if may it not be happened, good.
3: That can be quite useful. But it can be quite useful. And the fact of the matter is that you have an unlimited power source.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Very when, true. When you consider the basic equation of E is equal to MC squared. Yeah, we just heard that a minute ago. That's right. You have a tremendous amount of power that is available. In, 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 consider in the,
2: power the power of one neutron, sir, accelerated to speed of light.
3: That's right. And when you have that much something power. Something like a megawatt. <laughs> that's right. And when you have that much power, you could consider what one ounce of real matter versus one ounce of antimatter could do. And somewhere in our future, this is our new parcel.
2: I think in certain sectors, right, sectors this is our power source today.
1: You think it's already being utilized?
2: Oh, yeah. I've seen evidence of it.
1: God, You know, they talk about the danger of a nuclear plant uh, going south and a meltdown, but uh, right, if you... But it, one
2: of these accelerators goes south.
1: Well, that was my question, Preston. <laughs> uh, if, if one of these were to go south, it seems to me the planet could the planet would sort of blink out. It might.
2: We've often been, you know, friends of mine and myself, the nuclear physicists, have often been joking, well, someday we'll say, gee, there used to be nice land out at Montauk. The particle accelerator went south, and now there's a black hole there.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Well, the thing is, most of these accelerators, from what I understand, I'm not a nuclear physicist, but I know three of them. They tell me that they use neutrons. I think we're all well aware of neutron radiation. Yes. And a nuclear medicine doctor that checked me out said that most likely I got hit with neutron radiation probably what happened as i was walking over the accelerator yes why are you to walk over the damn thing they must have had a burp in the past and it made a burst of neutron radiation and
5: we all got it i see we
2: all had itchy sores and sickness and felt disoriented for a couple of days afterwards there aren't these nice guys that they don't shut off the area where the accelerator is they let you walk around that <laughs>
1: All right, on the wild card line, you're on the air with Preston Nichols. Good evening.
6: Oh, good evening, Art. Yes, sir, uh, I had a question for your guest. Before the last commercial break, he spoke uh, briefly about him and his, uh, some of his colleagues uh, turning against this project because things were getting, he said, evil. Um, if he could, have him expand on that and tell us a little bit more about exactly what he meant uh, by the evil nature the project was taking.
1: All right, where are, where are you, please? All right, where are you?
2: Oh, I'm in St Louis
1: Missouri St Louis. all right. Uh, uh, expand on the evil part of your statement, if you would.
2: Well, I feel the whole mind control aspect of the thing is evil. Man is meant to have a free mind, not to be dominated. Also, uh, they were working in maneuvering and manipulating time, so certain people would have power that probably shouldn't have power, or the power group would get more power and they get more. Oppressive and you know the whole nine yards of this.
1: Well, and I guess
2: also, uh, you I,
1: remember the old. Uh, you, President, you remember the old expression. Uh, once they've seen something or another, parry How are you going to keep them down on the farm? Once they've experimented with mind control or imagine or know they can control minds, uh, how are you ever going to stop them?
7: The
2: Only way I can see you stopping them is get the population aware enough that it just doesn't work.
1: Is there any way that a person could know? That their mind is being controlled.
2: I guess if you start doing things out of character, that would be a good sign of it. Also, if you had the monitoring equipment, if you knew what to listen for, if you were educated in a radio like you and I are, you could probably pick this up on a radio and notice the very sharp, edgy tones that would appear on your radio. Mm. Uh, I can tune in and listen and hear the stuff.
1: Um, all right, back to the telephone lines, and let's see what questions uh, everybody has. On the toll-free line, you're on the air with Preston Nichols. Hello.
8: Hello, Art. This is uh, Leonard from Albany, Oregon, and uh, I've been listening to your, you and your guest, and uh, the one thing you said just before the news, we were talking about all about the, uh, uh, the bad things going on around the country, you know, the shootings and the mindless Crimes and that kind of thing, but what I'm wondered about is um, actually changing the mind of people so that they might vote, in know, in a um, certain way. In a certain way, you know, like, uh, and I've wondered about that sometimes when the polls, you know, say so so and so is way ahead, and here comes a competitor charging out of the woodwork, you know, with no apparent change in his campaign tactics, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden. And I know there's, uh, you know, the, scientific, the surveys, even the most scientific ones, uh, have a margin of error, but sometimes it just almost looks like it's unexplainable, and I'm wondering if... if if they're already doing something like that, if that it might be an explanation be. for them.
1: All right. All right. It is a good question. Uh, Preston, do you think, uh, I mean, something that specific, uh, trying to get somebody to vote or act in a certain way, it certainly is possible from what oh, you've been sure, telling yeah. us, right?
2: It's possible. And what he's, what he's saying might be correct. I really don't know. I don't know where they're using this stuff tonight.
1: Wildcard Line, you're on the air with Preston Nichols. Hello. Uh,
2: yes, my name is uh, Charlie. I uh, have two
9: quick questions for you, uh, sir. Uh, the first thing uh, is on time travel. Um, Einstein was asked a question on time travel once, and he brought up a very interesting uh, situation saying that uh, if you were to travel back in time and prevent yourself from being born, uh, you would create an absurdity because you already exist. And since absurdities don't exist in science, doesn't that mean that, uh, that time travel as far as
2: going backwards is impossible? Not impossible, it's just you become part of history. Mm-hmm. And you really can't affect history, unless you become part of it.
9: Wouldn't, you have to, wouldn't it mean that there would have to be almost two different... Is it possible that there might be two uh, realities, parallel realities?
2: Uh, this is what's being suggested by quantum physicists today and a lot of other people. Well, parallel realities is what comes out of the whole
5: metaphysical thing as well.
9: So let me get, let me understand this. There could be an, a reality which is just as valid, which is just as valid, um, that I, Charlie, am actually say uh, a host of a radio show. And say uh, Art Bell is actually a liberal calling in. That could actually be a reality in another parallel uh, existence. There are some
2: people that say what you think up in your mind is a parallel reality.
9: Oh, that's very that's very interesting. Uh, one last one last point. Now, I had been in a debate with a fellow. Uh, uh, I think it was a Christian or something. Anyway. Uh, he was under the impression that the Earth was very young, about six thousand years old.
5: <laughs>
9: um, Clarify this up. I mean, you're a scientist.
5: I don't know where he got that from.
9: Claire, this up. Um, explain to the audience, because there's a lot of people out there uh, who don't have any scientific knowledge. Could you quickly? I know this is a little bit off the subject, but could you quickly explain to people out in the audience who are listening why it's unlikely that the Earth is that young?
2: All right, because thanks, Trump. there are many rocks that have been dated to be millions, billions of years
5: old.
1: Well, that's a good answer, short, sweet answer, but uh, you, you, you would say uh, it is impossible the Earth I mean, would be that young.
2: That's what I would say, because, you know, the whole dating system and the sedimentary system that we have goes way beyond that age, way beyond
1: All right. On the first-time caller line, you're on the air with Preston Nichols. Hello.
10: Hello, uh, Yes, I have uh, two questions. Uh, One of them, uh, I was interested in uh, Al B. talked about uh, age regression, and I was uh, (laughs) interested if Preston Nichols knew exactly how to pull this off. All
1: right. Where are you, sir?
10: Uh, St. Louis, Missouri. And I have one more question. All right. Quick question. I have a book called uh, Mind Machines You Can Build by uh, G. Harry Stein. And in the book, it's uh, a little diagram on an instrument he called a wishing machine
2: As a what machine?
10: a wishing machine wishing? yes it used uh... with the device he says that uh... it was i guess originally built back in the forties and he said it uses a audio amplifier, a couple of copper plates, an antenna a six volt battery and you know a couple of other little simple things like that and he said uh... that you would use a pitcher and you would put it in between the two copper plates
2: this sounds uh, like a radionics device
10: Um. Maybe so. <laughs> like I said, the name of the book is "Mind Machines You Can Build." Right. But with, but with this device, they said at long distances they could, um, like like a, a you know 20-acre cornfield that was infested with bugs or whatever, that they could, would have a 90% kill rate just by consciously focusing on the picture. Yeah, this
2: is typical radionics. Yeah.
1: All right. Thank you. All
2: right. The answer to answer the man's first question,
1: age regression.
2: Age, not age. Age. A G E. Right. Probably talking of. Right. I'm not gonna say this is impossible because we have theories today which are stating that there's an energy lattice, a energetic replication of the DNA of the human being which is magnetically coupled into the genome into the DNA hmm. and that there are many levels of DNA and aging is essentially the loss of control of the differentiation of the DNA from the quantum electromagnetic pattern that we're calling a lattice. If you could somehow restore this control, theoretically you could grow back to whatever portion of the DNA you would activate. Now, Al speaks of being age regressed back to a one-year-old baby. Mm. I don't know whether or not the DNA is still there for that. If it is, I don't think it's impossible to do. Now, also, I run into one other person that the only thing that explains what's happened to him, and he's being truthful, I feel, is some sort of age regression. Now, I have not heard reports from other sources on this. See, when I hear a report like this, I consider where it's coming from, and I like to get maybe five or six reports saying, yes, age regression has happened. I haven't had it. I've only had... Al Bielick himself, one other source which I don't consider at all credible, and now the one we've run into very recently. So again, I'm not going to say it's impossible, but also I think it's a quite fantastic story that I wish was true. I'd like to have it myself. Yeah, yeah
1: you betcha. Interested. Look, if, uh, if it is possible to travel in time,
2: and I don't know how to do age regression. Uh, right. Age I was going to say.
1: I was going to ask you, Preston, if it's possible to travel in time. And I went back to say 1950. My chronological age at the end of the travel would still be what it is at the just roughly the moment I left. Wouldn't yes. It?
2: Exactly. This is why I think if you're going to do age regression, you got to do something through the DNA.
4: Through the DNA. You got to
2: somehow change the differentiation. To go back to the genome that you were replicating when you were like 20 years old, let's say.
1: Well, that would and of be a.
2: the body would grow young.
1: That would be a very delicate genetic manipulation indeed, yeah. wouldn't it?
2: It may be electromagnetic.
1: Electromagnetic.
2: Because it's being suggested by a lot of learned genetics, geneticists, that uh, Dr. Glenn Ryan has uh, showing a lot of research that. Uh, or quantum electromagnetic waves do affect the way the double helix is wrapped up.
1: In All spiral. right, Preston, hold it right there. We'll be back after the bottom of the hour break. Preston Nichols is my guest.
0: This is a special replay of Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. Tonight's program is a rebroadcast from May 27th, 1994. Please do not call. Tell me, if you
1: ever done anything and a moment later said, why'd I do that? Mind control? Or just a bit of... Just a bit of aberrant uh, human behavior because of random firing of synapses? Well, who knows? Might have been might be. might be possible. Anyway, we're talking to Preston Nichols. He's written about the Montauk Project, talking about the Mon- Montauk Pro- Project this morning and uh, much more. If you have a question, pick up the telephone. Here's a fax from Dennis in Missoula, Montana. Art, please, in all seriousness, ask your guest if he knows anything about the nine, the nine rulers of the White Lodge. Ooh, sounds strange to me.
2: Sounds to me, too.
1: You haven't heard of the nine rulers of the White Lodge?
2: No, that's a new one on me. I've heard of the Order of Twelve and that sort of thing.
1: But not the nine. All right, well, that disposes of that quickly. On the uh, toll-free line, you're on the air with Preston Nichols. Hello.
11: Yes, hi, Art. Hello, sir. Yes, um, I'm from Long Island originally, and I just recently moved uh, about a year and a half ago.
1: Where are you now?
11: I'm in uh, Youngstown, Ohio. Okay. And... Now I'm 28 years old, and I'm um, I'm intelligent. Um, I know for a fact that I've got a 138 IQ, borderline genius. Yet at the same time, I've always wondered why uh, I was never in tune with what was, what was going on politically. I never could quite understand the political process. Um, You're until, not the only one. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm from Suffolk County. I'm I'm from uh, Huntington.
6: Mm
11: -hmm. And I moved in, uh, it was July of 81, of 91, rather. July of 91, I moved from Suffolk County. I moved into Elmont in uh, Nassau. Mm -hmm. That was where I had We
2: call it Suffering County and nauseous County. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was where I first started listening to political commentary on talk radio. Mm -hmm.
11: Um, After that, I moved to New Orleans, and I really started to get involved. I started to know what was going on. Well, what's and, the
1: question? Yeah, it, what is the question? How does this relate to my guess, sir? Well,
11: what I'm saying is, um, well, you're you, 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 you uh, you're talking about mind control. Mm-hmm. As as fantastic as it sounds, it's starting to make a little bit of sense to me. I don't know. Um,
2: yeah, this is what a lot of people say. I mean, I was completely
11: blind. Completely you know, blind what when what I was in There's account. a
2: lot going on.
11: Uh-huh.
2: In fact, we'll fix this. Um... It, art conf- was talking about the people just all of a
11: sudden shooting. It confounds me how, how I was so blind until I moved out of Suffolk County until I moved off of Long Island, really. Now I'm just well, so here you're, you're sitting right in the midst of this emanation. Exactly. Um, I mean, it just sounds so fantastic in art I can tell by, by your voice, by you know, the, the entire conversation you've been having. It just sounds so fantastic. But it makes
1: sense. I don't know. Well, all right, thank you. It's based
2: on real science,
1: sir. Yeah, I have learned long ago not to uh, stick up my nose at what appears to be fantastic because I've been surprised too many times. And uh, I'm sure of this, Preston, that we as human beings, uh, our government, whoever, the powers that be, would have great interest in mind control. And if they're not working on it, I think that would be more fantastic than than believing that they are working right. on it. I mean, it's that simple.
2: Well, I'd like to say at this point that if someone comes and asks me how much of the legend is true, I would tell them the Philadelphia experiment is true, the mind control aspiration, the mind control part of the project is probably 90-odd percent correct. I'm just not sure exactly how well the time tunnel works. That would be my asset you know, my assessment, assessment of how successful they were.
1: All right, so, so so I
2: thoroughly believe the mind control worked and it's thoroughly possible. The only thing is they could not at that time work on mass population. Using the particle beam system that interacts with the brain directly. You don't need a signature anymore. So, using the particle beam so
1: you're you're saying that mass mind control is not necessarily possible.
2: Today it is.
1: Today it is.
2: Today it is because oh, great. see, before you used to go in with a signature to the non-physical mind. Today they're using a particle beam to modulate the particle interchange between the synaptic interchanges in the brain, either read patterns or modulate patterns on the brain.
1: Oh, boy. So you're saying they could be uh, sending out signals that are actually controlling the masses?
2: Mm-hmm. Synapses.
1: Wow. Wonderful. Well, you uh,
2: have to consider what is the synaptic interchange. It's essentially ionic, and what is yes. ionic? Yes, Ions no, that's it's
1: true. No, it's absolutely true. Uh, on the, on so the, if, lo-
2: if you can create interference from one particle to another particle, I've it's got a got modular.
1: You. All right, I've got a caller. On on the wild card line, you're on the air with Preston Nichols. Hello.
12: This Hi, this is uh, Lance in Seattle, KBI. Okay. Uh, that uh, mind control device that um, he's talking about is manufactured here. It's in a suitcase. It's like a small suitcase, and it says on the side of it for animal control use only. And uh, when it's used uh, for people control, uh, you can call the FCC and file a complaint, and they know all about it. It's it's nothing new.
1: Well, it sure is new to me. What well, is I've it?
12: Been around since about eighty.
1: What is it? what is it, sir?
12: Well, it just focuses on a specific part of the brain and then your mind starts to look in that area and you can, you can see things in your, in your own mind and hear things. It sounds like you're in a room full of people and there's nobody around. Or you can see eyes blinking in front of you and all kinds of things. It's all in your own mind. It's not, it's not outside your mind like a hologram. But it does exist and it, it doesn't take anything except call the FCC to find out.
1: Well, I've never seen one. I've never heard of one.
12: Well, I just thought I'd add it to your program,
1: sir. All right, thank you. I, I've never... Have you uh, heard of such thing? I've heard rumors of it. <clears throat>
2: I've heard rumors that this has been developed for years. See, what they're working there, that's mood control more than anything, I think.
1: I know, uh, Preston, that there's been a lot of research done on the effect of low frequencies yeah. on, on human beings. Exactly. Is, is that what he's talking about?
2: Well, if what he's saying is it can transmit the effect of a whole room full of people, the eyes ahead of you. All this might be doing is fragmenting your own memories, working directly physically into the brain, and, and this could be done with some sort of VLF, ELF-type device.
1: All right. Uh, what about the, uh, the transmissions made by the middle part of our country? Very powerful um, uh, ELF. Uh, transmissions uh, to our submarines.
13: Yeah, I forget
2: what that's called. I know what you're talking about. Uh,
1: I was just wondering if you think that kind of level of uh, low-frequency transmission could affect uh, biological entities that are close to the source.
2: That appears to be mostly sinusoidal teletype-type modulation. Right. It's not direct on and off.
1: So without the pulsing, you don't think there would be a lot of effect? No. All right.
2: Remember, the mind itself, the brain, will automatically uh, even out a change in level. You got to change the level so fast that the DC restoration in the oh. neurological system doesn't work.
1: Can't deal with it. All right, on the wild card line, you're on the air with Preston Nichols. Good morning.
14: Okay, uh, talk about time travel, right? Yep. Do you okay. Think time travel like happens in uh, your psychic ability, your dreams.
2: Yeah, some people believe that.
15: Okay, now how can they apply this to technology and science and stuff?
2: Essentially, by taking what a person could dream or generating a virtual reality and transmitting it through a very powerful transmitter and bringing it into our physical reality.
1: All right, sir, thank you. That's exactly how it was done. In other words, the human brain does generate a signal. It is a very weak signal normally, isn't
2: that? Well, it's actually a virtual state signal.
1: It's what? I don't... Reduce that so I can understand it.
2: Well, you know, when you do a complex calculation, the figure phase angle, you get sine, cosine function, real-world yes. imaginary function. Yes. The human emanations are based upon the imaginary functions, not the real. But if you're 100% right, the real-world emanations from a human being are very weak. But the imaginary world emanations are very strong. This is why you need typically vacuum potential to to
16: detect this stuff.
1: Hmm. Uh, On the wild card line, you're on the air with Preston Nichols. Hello. Uh,
16: Hello, Mr. Nichols. How are you doing? Okay. Art, I tell you what, I I wouldn't have bought this for a second if if there wasn't something really weird going on in the world today. But uh, my question is, um, and Linda Thompson talked about the holograph, but and you were talking about cracking into the underworld. Could this uh, could could this be described as hell? Uh,
2: hell is whatever you make it.
16: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm talking about you know the, the biblical aspects of what you're describing in in, in the underworld. And uh, have you ever seen any alien beings?
1: All right, Preston, have you?
16: Yes, I've seen some alien beings.
1: You have? Who
2: or what they are beats the hell out of me.
1: What have you seen, exactly, and how did how and where?
2: At Montauk, they had a little creature that looked all the world like the little greys as described by Whitley Strieber.
1: Oh?
2: A four foot tall, and they sunk to high heaven. Sunk? And then we had a thing that resembled a cross between a lizard and a human being. What it was, I really don't know.
1: I have heard that description before, too. Kind of reptilian.
2: Yeah. The closest thing, there was an old Star Trek episode where Captain Jerk bought something called a Gorn that sort of looked like what uh, I saw at Montauk. Now, I will say, I don't drink. I don't use drugs. I don't do any of that stuff. I also don't hallucinate.
1: Um... They, they, they were. Have, saying, you ever, have you ever been under the care of a psychiatrist? Nope. No. All right. That, I just had to add that one in there. So in no, other that,
2: words, that's a, that's a valid question.
1: Well, um, I mean, some of this you've got to admit, Preston. It's wild stuff.
2: I know it's wild stuff. But this is why I doubted my own sanity at times, myself. On the, of the conclusion that's not me, that I was seeing this crud real. Also, a lot of the other people in Montauk saw the same thing and described exactly the same.
1: How many other people have uh, corroborated what you're saying, or even parts, substantial parts of what you're saying?
2: Oh, about
7: 30-odd people.
1: 30-odd people. All right. On the toll-free line, you're on the air with Preston Nichols. Hello.
7: Yeah, hi, Art. This is Sean Collin from Last Best Place. Hi, Sean. Hi, uh, Mr. Nichols. Uh, with the very low frequency, um, could we manipulate the... The weather to use the weather as a pattern for um, weapons against other countries, such as lightning. This is called weather war. Weather war, yeah. I read a, read about it in a book mm-hmm. called The Third Millennium. Mm-hmm. Have, are you familiar I with that? I think it is correct. Okay, that's all I wanted to know.
1: All right, thank you. So you think the weather is being uh, manipulated, uh, Preston?
2: By somebody.
1: Do you think we're doing it, or do you think the Russians are doing it, or are we both doing it and getting it all screwed up?
2: Who knows? I don't know. Somebody is manipulating the weather, because I have picked up the signals. All you've got to do is tune your HF receiver, and you'll discover uh, increases in what appears to be the background noise over as little as 300 kilohertz bandwidth, band spread.
1: And that's some sort of sp- uh, spread spectrum? Uh... Yeah,
2: that's some sort of spread spectrum. And uh-huh. if you take that signal and analyze it, either amplitude versus time or frequency versus time, you'll get the patterns that will appear in the noise. I see. All right. And that's not natural.
1: Not natural. No, it is not natural. You're right about that.
2: And it goes up about 30 to 40 dB.
1: Uh, I've actually heard it myself.
2: Yeah, I, I hear it all the time. And I've been looking, what the hell have we got here? Yep. This may be involved in the weather control Yes, this seems to precede weather fronts. Also, this same kind of signal precedes hurricanes that are brought right up to a particular area. You notice how the hurricanes are now taking nice, straight paths? Absolutely. That's not normal for a hurricane. A hurricane is a centrifugal thing, and as the wall builds and uh, depletes, it should spin and move and gyrate all over the map. No, they're going very straight at this point.
1: Wildcard Line, you're on the air with Preston Nichols. Hello.
5: Yeah, Art. Uh, I'm curious. Uh, these kind of projects have to involve great deal of money.
1: No doubt about it.
2: And, and, no doubt, yes. And, and, and they say to solve all mysteries,
17: you follow the money trail. True. Isn't anybody checking what's going on? I mean, if Area 51 exists, there's got to be billions going into that. And if he's talking, there's got to be billions going into this. Is anybody keeping track of the money? Is
1: well, uh, you know, that's who that that
17: Are
11: the senators aware of this?
1: All right, all right. Hold on a sec. That's a good question. All I can tell you is this. I don't know about what Preston's saying, but I can tell you darn well Area 51 does exist. Billions do go into it. And that's a fact. And, uh, and so, Preston, what about the money angle in Montauk?
2: Well, we have an interest from the office of Senator Barry Goldwater, quite a few in the middle 80s. And I was told that they could not trace any congressional appropriations for the Montauk project. Now, I was handed a list of companies here on Long Island that are all either reorganized or out of business today. Uh The interesting thing to note is right after this happened, about six months to a year later, they started what they call core audits. They said they were looking for the $250 toilet seat. Why would they go ask the worker on the floor, what are you working on? The only reason they'd ask the worker on the floor, what are you working on, is they're looking for hidden projects. Montauk was a hidden project. There's rumors that the Montauk project was financed by gold smuggled from the Nazis. We really don't know. This is something that Al Bielik has suggested.
1: All right. uh, Preston, hold on a moment. We'll be right back to you. My guest is Preston Nichols. He's talking about the Montauk Project. All right. Back now to Preston Nichols. Uh, Preston, Um, you know, there are a lot of people listening or who would fax me or write to me or you and would say you're crazy as a loon. Uh, What... What would you say to them? Um, how would you defend that? Now, technically, you have a lot of details, and I am impressed by that, but some of it is, is quite admittedly, pretty fantastic stuff.
2: It's very fantastic stuff. The first, first thing I would mention is people used to say to me, they remembered me from the Montauk base. I didn't remember them until I broke the memory block that I had. This stuff is highly possible. We have a lot of witnesses... I think we have to look at Can a 1,000 Frenchmen be wrong. <laughs> we uh, have no real-world documentation, evidence-proof. The only proof we have is that they're doing something strange, even to this day. And we were talking of 420 to 460 megahertz broadcast. That's right. And we're still finding emanations in the same frequency range to this day. I first got excited thinking I was picking up the signal out of time from the 70s and the 80s, like I came to realize, no, this is, this is generated today. If they're doing something like this today, fitting the specs, sending out a very strong EOS signal that I picked up on coils as pulses without a carrier, and the carrier, if they're still sending out, that means the equipment I'm describing is there to this day producing signal, and it probably was there in the 70s and the 80s, and they probably were playing back then.
1: Well, it also raises an awful lot of questions. Um, yes, it and, does. Uh, well, for example, uh, not just the shootings, the mindless headshaker shootings that are going on, but society's behavior in general is,
2: strange.
1: is very strange indeed and, yes, is, I de- and is deteriorating, uh, in my view, and the view of most others who stand back and view it. Uh, things are out of control, people, uh, the state of civilization is less, people's tempers are short, and uh, when it's the worst case, they're picking up guns and shooting each other.
2: Well, how would you react if you had a hammer pounding on your head continuously?
1: Uh you'd eventually get irritated and do something awful.
2: Right. you got to think of all this stuff that they're sending out into the ethers, purposefully or accidentally, is like someone sitting tapping on your head with a hammer.
1: Um, well, it's true. It is true. It does.
2: Yeah. That's how they get 90-odd uh, percent efficiency.
1: Uh, it, it, you're absolutely right about that. Um, you're absolutely right about well, that.
2: You're fine. I, I do know radio and electronics. <laughs>
1: uh, yes, you obviously do. And uh, I guess you're, you could easily be right about the pulsed aspect of it.
2: Well, the, the uh, neurological system operates on a pseudo-random ordered pulse function. You read any acti- read any book on brain activity, that's the first thing they say. If you take the neurological signal out of a nerve, put it into an audio amplifier, it sounds like static.
1: Well, it has been a, a pleasure, Preston. I know you're on the East Coast in New York, and so it's... Uh, and I'm
2: watching the sunrise right now. About,
1: yeah, there you are. <laughs> All right, Preston, a pleasure. Thank you.
2: Okay, and the pleasure's been mine, sir. Take care. Okay.
1: Bye-bye. Preston Nichols and the Montauk Project. And we're going to do a couple of hours of live open talk radio coming up next. There's a lot going on in the world. We need a little uh, talk time this morning. The Korean situation is, uh, as I knew it would, uh, deteriorating. The uh, North Koreans are not allowing the uh, inspectors to look at the fuel rods. It has suddenly become a very grave situation, as I'm sorry to say I knew it would. We'll be back to talk about that and more in a moment.
0: To Coast AM with Art Bell. This program originally aired May 27, 1994. Please do not call.
1: Hello everybody, I'm Art Bell. We're going to do a period of open line talk radio. I'm just going to throw a few fast things at you. We'll go back to the telephone lines. A massive explosion, as you know, at an Ohio chemical plant. People there are missing. Thousands evacuated. The blast felt about 10 miles away. Cause unknown. Another shooting, mindless, in Albuquerque. Three people I've heard now dead in Albuquerque. Uh, Some kind of uh, mindless shooting like the one yesterday in Florida. And the beat goes on. And the band plays on. And is it mind control? I don't know. But I think that I know this. It was not always so. Oh, there have always been incidents. But this number of them? Well, yes, we have a mass media reporting on them now. But we still have newspapers. Uh, we've had newspapers for a long time, and I think it can be pretty well documented. We've not had these, uh, uh, these numbers, uh, these kinds of numbers of mass mindless killings in the past. Something's going on. Korea. This is a really serious problem. I can't tell you how serious. The uh, Clinton administration has been putting it off they've been grasping at every straw to try to encourage, cajole, even bribe the Koreans, the North Koreans into not doing what they're obviously doing. The latest news, NBC reporting that international inspectors were in fact not allowed to look at the critical fuel rods that have just been removed from a reactor to determine whether the Koreans have or have not been diverting uh, fuel for the making of bombs. Obviously, they are. Everything's now back up in the air. The administration's conciliatory, conciliatory words about Korea, meaningless. And what they're going to do now, well, the administration is describing it as a very grave situation. And something's going to have to happen. So the whole Korean thing is right back up in the air again. Anybody's guess um, is as good as anybody else's. The administration's point man on Haiti said of the rulers in Haiti yesterday, quote, they've broken their word and cannot be trusted, end quote. The U.S. now seems ready to send at least advisors into the Dominican Republic. Vice President Gore was talking about it yesterday. To try to help seal the border. It was a very interesting discussion the Vice President had. He said, well, you know, the, uh, the military of a sovereign nation have got to be the ones sealing the border. But, he said, substantial help can be provided. Now, he means American troops. Uh, he means U.N. trucks helicopters, and communications equipment to be sent down to the Dominican Republic. SEAL teams are already on the way. Critics in Congress say the sanctions are a joke and they want military action soon. Chopper First-time callers call area 702-727-1222. Well, let me rephrase that. I don't often, uh, I don't frequently bleep myself, but Let me uh, rephrase what I just wanted to tell you. The administration is now admitting that there were two, not one, but two helicopters involved in going to the golf course. The deeper this gets, the more this administration gets into trouble. The White House at first, once again, denied there was a second helicopter involved. Now they admit it. The excuse seems to be that on these kinds of missions, (laughs) whatever it was, the helicopters travel in pairs. Now, I don't get that. I don't understand that. Why would they travel in pairs? Are they like mating birds or something? Do they have to travel in pairs? Every time the White House opens uh, their mouth on this, they get into more trouble. And they look less credible. Everything they say is then later challenged, or it turns out to be not true. It's, uh, it's incredible. And as I told you a little while ago, a man identified as a psychiatrist, get this, a psychiatrist, opened fire, using the network's uh, words, for no apparent reason, in a Florida office building. One dead at the scene. Um, another pregnant woman was shot. She's now dead. The baby she was carrying dead. Third victim in critical condition. This is the second time, by the way, it's happened in this uh, building, a place where they take video depositions in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. These incidents are clearly being used to promote gun control. The latest example of gun control... Came with the president's turnaround yesterday on the issue. Um, on, on you may recall uh, yesterday on the issue of the MFN uh, most favored nation trading status for China, and the turnaround. The network said to mollify the administration critics on this. In other words, the liberals. The president signed a ban on all Chinese weapons and ammunition. That is a big move. Narinko and many other companies make a lot of guns, some of them rather inexpensive, uh, like the SKS series, which are purchased in American mosques. Many of these weapons have been purchased. With a cutoff of Chinese 7.62 ammunition, Uh, I think there's a large question about whether the people who own these guns will be able to obtain ammunition for them. I think that this is beginning to go a little far for my taste. There is absolutely nothing about a Chinese SKS that is any in any way, particularly with the soft uh, ammunition, the soft uh, point ammunition that's now being used. That in any way you can name is more dangerous than uh, an American-made weapon, and, and indeed not as powerful as many that you can go buy. So why is he doing this? Just to take the more inexpensive weapons off the market? the latest move uh, in gun control it's a big move and it hasn't had a lot of discussion I'm telling you taking all the Chinese weapons Chinese ammo off the market that's a gigantic move and this goes into the category of rumors this was sent to be sent to me by Larry McCurry of Alaska I believe He says, I'm writing to report some information that I just heard. This can be verified by talking to State Representative Representative Charles Duke of Colorado. Apparently, he has heard that Clinton will sign an executive order on Sunday banning ammunition, sale, manufacture, and possession. Then on June 6th, he will sign another one ordering the confiscation of guns. I find this hard to believe, but wanted to let you know just in case it might be true. I heard this third or fourth hand, so it may not be true. I hope you can check it out before the radio program tonight. Well, I couldn't check it out, but I wanted to relay it. It is, again, as far as I know, only a rumor. There is a new Catholic catechism, said to be the most complete document of its kind, Uh, Since the Bible, that's what NBC said, and Catholicism um, has defined the following to be a sin, mercy killing, as no doubt in the case of Dr. Kevorkian, a sin, artificial insemination, a sin, prenatal diagnosis with a a view toward uh, a sex abortion, a sin. And surely I agree with the third, but not with the first two. Mercy killing a sin? Oh, hard to believe a reasonable God, my way of, my perspective of reasonableness, uh, would uh, regard as a mortal sin uh, the, the taking of life uh, to prevent suffering. Artificial insemination, uh, a sin, I don't know, debatable. But that th- those are three items, three new sins, not really new, just sort of uh, redefined sins. Here's an article somebody sent me that I thought you ought to hear. It uh, was faxed to me by the Nevada Gun Exchange. Plug, plug for them, I guess. And while I'm on the uh, subject... Of plugs. I've got a gun store in Las Vegas that uh, was a sponsor for me on the, or is a sponsor for me, I should say, uh, on um, the local program in Las Vegas. Uh, and it is Swift out on Blue Diamond Road. So if you're in the local area, you might take a ride down there. And the reason I say this is because I'm beginning to get upset, very upset again, about the level of gun control going on. And it is my view that purchasing a gun is a damned good way to, uh, uh, to object to gun control. And I'll tell you right now, I went out yesterday and bought myself a couple of SKSs. And I'm glad I did. I did I, I wrote, I'll tell you, when I heard about this latest gun ban, I didn't swallow it. I didn't even believe it at first. And I got angry, red-faced angry. And so my reaction was, as it has been in the past, to go out and buy a gun, In this case, a couple of SKSs. I couldn't resist, and it's a good way to protest. Anyway, listen to this: Clinton has man arrested for unfriendly question. Bill Kelly, a Chicago conservative actus, activist, attended Bill Clinton's town hall meeting on 726 of 93. He asked Clinton from the floor during the question and answer session. Why he insisted upon blaming Republicans for gridlock and his proposed tax hikes when he clearly had a Democratic majority in both houses of Congress. Well, Clinton didn't like the unfriendly question and had the Secret Service agents arrest Kelly at his home later that evening and charge Kelly with, quote, willfully and knowingly entering and remaining in a cordoned off and restricted area of a building where the president of the U.S. was temporarily visiting, end quote. Kelly, who had no previous police record, was kept for two days in a holding pen secured with leg shackles and handcuffs. A federal indictment is asking for a six-month prison term. Editor's note. The moral to this story is that anyone can be arrested, indicted, and declared a criminal for anything in the USA today. And the lesson Kelly learned is not to cross Bill Clinton behind his surface charm. He can indeed play hardball. And I thought that was an incredible record. Uh, The source is the McAlvany, M-C-A-L-V-A-N-Y, Intelligence Advisor. So all I can do on that one is give you my source. I can't vouch for the story. That's a damn incredible story, isn't it? Uh, But it is indeed not beyond belief. A record 27.9 million Americans receiving food stamps, at latest count, the Food and Nutrition Service said, citing lingering effects of recession and the nation's slow economic recovery. 27.96 million people Getting the stamps, that's one in nine now, one in nine in America. All right, well, that's it. I'll get the phone lines open now. I, um, I've just, well, in just a moment I will. I, I can't tell you how upset I am about this latest gun ban. Again, it's not quite across the line because it's not yet taking anybody uh, taking any guns away from anybody it simply is preventing future acquisition but man it's getting close wildcard line you're on the air
16: radio free america hello that story about kelly and chain yeah got to be kidding me
1: well that's what i thought when i read it too
16: that should be front page. Unbelievable. Yeah,
1: if it's true. Now, I don't know what the McAlvany uh, intelligence I'll advisor is. i that, too. Um, but, you know, we need to follow up on this. Sure I I, just, I felt all of you needed to hear it anyway.
16: <laughs> and the gun confiscation, are, <laughs> I mean, this guy's like right out of Orwell, really.
1: Well, I'm not sure that's going to happen either. I, I would tend toward doubting it, and I reported it as rumor. But uh, it's a strong one right now. I, yeah,
16: uh, you know this guy's going to get us in a war in Korea. Art. I know. And uh, the Operation Slice, the helicopter photo. The guy should get a Pulitzer for that photograph. The, the Marine sitting there.
1: Oh, uh, the Marine saluting.
16: Yeah, in the in the guy with you know tying his golf shoes. I know.
1: Whatever. You know, and it has to be one of the largest gas, uh any administration's made in a long time, and it is a big deal. And. Um all I can say is, I don't know how they can keep a straight face in the White House.
16: Well, I'm going to let you fill in the last word of this, but uh, this guy crawled out from Little Rock, and now all of us in America are in big.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right. Thank you. Have a good morning. And we'll all apply our imaginations to that. On the wild card line, you're on the air. Hello.
6: Hi, Art. It's Bob from Phoenix. Hi, Bob. You know,. Uh, <clears throat> I think I'd kind of like to have somebody, uh, Hillary's going to run for president in the year 2000. Yes. I'd like to see somebody like Linda Thompson run against her. Would you now? Oh, yeah.
1: Well, I think that if Linda Thompson makes her move uh, with guns in Washington, there will never be such an opportunity.
6: Yeah. Art, I think she's going to size that down to an unarmed march. I really do. I think we need something like that. We really need an unarmed march. Um, I think the states have about had it with the feds.
1: Well, that, that, I'll tell you, that'd be a whole different story. But I've seen no sign yet that she's changing or modifying what she's saying. Have you?
6: No, the lady's got a lot of guts, if she's serious. Um, you know how Russia uh, more or less broke up. Um, yes. Because of the, you know, the, the socialism, the communism, and you hear—I I don't know about yourself, but I, I listen to a lot of talk radio shows and. I hear a lot of the western states are uh, are talking about possibly, uh, maybe if it continues to go in the route that it's going, as far as the federal government uh, getting more and more power over the states, uh, talking about seceding from the union. Yes. Uh, Do you think it's ever going to get to that where where we seriously? uh... Yes,
1: I do. Yes, I do. I think that the sovereignty and uh, movements, these 10th Amendment movements and uh, possibly uh, secession movements are beginning to coalesce, and there's going to be a breaking point and a crunch point with the federal government. When that will come and what issue it will be over, I cannot tell you, but I tell you it's coming.
6: Well, you know, Art, on the, what is it, Sarah Brady, the, the was it Gun gun Control Incorporated, they call themselves?
1: Yeah, that issue might do it.
6: From what I understand, the, the, the first step was the Brady Bill. The second is the banning of certain rifles, which was is already history. Um, the next two steps are registrations and licensing, and after that it's, it's confiscation. Yep. If it comes to confiscation, do you think that could actually trigger an insurrection?
1: Yes. Uh, you asked my opinion. <laughs> I'm giving yeah, it to you well, honestly. I've yeah, i thought
6: about that.
1: Yeah, if, they, if they're going to start to try to actually take guns away from people, then it's a whole new ball game, and I think that could uh, begin an insurrection because there would be incidents, there would be shooting, there would be killing, and there would be martyrdom. And uh, those are the ingredients from which comes a real civil war. Okay, Art. All right.
5: I'll talk to you later.
1: Thank you. On the toll free line, you're on the air. Hello.
5: Okay, this is Philip from uh, KEX Country. Yes. Uh, what would be wrong with, uh, or uh, how would that work to uh, just warn the people over there around that uh, plant in Korea and tell them you got 20 minutes, the bomb is on its way, it's, we're going to erase it?
1: Yeah, well, I'll tell you something. That You might take out the nuclear plant. You'd uh, create an awful lot of radiation because there's a lot of plutonium uh, sitting uh, sitting in there right now. We know that. Okay. So I'm not sure that uh, that's feasible. Number two, the areas where they're developing these nuclear weapons are widely thought to be underground and inaccessible by uh, air power. Oh. So well, I, we got real trouble on this well, Korean business.
5: We just have to sit on the edge of our chair and just wait till they lob one, uh, uh, five or ten of them at us.
1: Well, I don't know about us, but I would say if I were in Seoul, I'd be, uh, I'd be worried. Yeah. Thank, thank you uh, very much. For the, I'm very worried about this Korean thing. I've known all along that they weren't reaching any accommodation. I knew they weren't. And it was all sort of hopeful PR spin from the White House. And this situation in Korea is indeed very solemn and something's going to happen. This is Coast to Coast AM. I'm Art Bell.
0: Coast AM Archives. you're listening to the Best of Art Bell. This program was originally broadcast May 27, 1994. Please do not call.
1: Good morning, everybody. It's good to be here. Um, I wanted to get a couple of hours of talk radio in this morning, two-way talk, and uh, that's what we're now doing. Lots to talk about. Grab a telephone. Feel free to join us. There is a large, suspicious full moon out there this evening, and that uh, is usually meaningful in the world of talk radio. I cannot tell you at any given moment what it means. I can simply tell you something meaningful will happen. I know not what. Full moons do that. They affect us all. I have for years been convinced of that doing talk radio. Trust me, I know. There's a certain edge that people have uh, when the moon is full. And I don't really exactly know why or what it is. I just know that it is true. And if you talk to people in hospital emergency rooms, if you talk to people um, that serve the public uh, in all kinds of uh, critical areas, you will find they, too, very much understand it is true. So there it is. It's full tonight. It's uh, particularly beautiful in the desert. We shall see now what it will bring. You're not tied to any of the topics that I've laid out for you. Just a few things to uh, think about. Wildcard Line, you're on the air, though. Hello.
16: Radio Free America. Hello there. Art, listen, uh, you know, you've been uh, talking about uh, if you... Uh, if Linda was going up to Washington with a peaceful protest, you'd join in. And
4: that's what I've said,
16: yes. Well, I, I think uh, that we should do something like that. I'm willing to get it off, start it off, um, and before... September 19th rolls around, and a bunch of people get killed. And maybe in July 4th, around there, we need to get something to where we headed up to Washington in a peaceful manner. Bring your video cameras so that no one, if anyone starts shooting at us, we got them on video. But uh, <clears throat> no guns, just a peaceful protest. To have people contribute only for transportation to Washington, and get something like that on the on the ground. So. <clears throat> so nothing major happens. Well,
1: what you've got to do if you want to do that is to begin an organization.
16: Right. Well, was, I'll fax you, uh, you know, my number and stuff, and maybe uh, you'll be willing to, to you, know, you know, bring this, you know, to your to your listeners. And let, let me see if uh, any feedback, good feedback, is coming back from any of the listening audience, because. If Linda goes up there, it's going to be disaster, probably winding up in a revolution and us losing it all.
1: Tell me something. Have you talked to Linda and tried to talk her out of this?
16: I have not. You know, she's a hard lady to get. They're, they're serious about this, Art. They're very serious. I know. Now, I, I, I can tell you something. I, I sympathize with their point of view, but it's almost like the government wants us to do this. It's almost like we're playing into their hands. Well,
1: I don't know. If I, I've tried to put my position, uh, myself in the position of the government, and uh, if they were to move against Linda right now, for example, right. they would only succeed in martyring her. Oh yeah, seriously martyring
16: so they're her.
1: They're not that dumb. Uh, if, on the other hand, they wait until something happens, then they've got a lot of martyrs and maybe a real re- revolution on their hands. So I don't, I'm not sure what I would do if I were the government.
16: I'm, I'm going to listen to uh, people that are willing to go up there and peacefully protest. And remember, uh, you know, if those who can't get there, uh, contributions will only be used for transportation only.
1: Well, before you can solicit anything like that, you've got to have an organization put together and bank accounts and trust and all the rest of All
16: righty. All right. Well, I, I'll uh, I'll work on that and get back uh, to you. All right. Well, let me know. All right. Bye.
1: Bye. Yeah. That's uh, follow up on the, uh, the whole Linda Thompson business. Strange, very, very strange. Wildcard line, you're on the air. Hello.
12: Hi Art, uh, this is Gary in Tacoma. Hi Gary. Yeah, I wanted to make a comment on gun control. Yes. Uh, but a but a quick comment before that about um, that question you had uh, while you were talking to. Uh, Nichols, the Eldridge could easily have uh, generated the power that Al Bulek was talking about because it was working off of Tesla's black box theory, which I've actually seen into the guts of a copy of the black box. There's a guy up here in, uh, in the Seattle area who has the
10: patent.
1: uh, Well, sir, at best, uh, it is a dispute about a rather small or significant technical detail, uh, but not about the larger uh, project itself.
12: Okay. Okay, I just wanted to say that, but about gun control, uh, do they have uh, gun control in Vancouver, Washington? And the rate of violence does not decrease with the disappearance of guns. People just turn to other forms of violence, uh, other
1: weapons. Well, I don't know. Is it worth pointing out? uh, Is it really worth, you know, ad nauseum, I have to point this out. But, for example, uh, look at uh, Africa right now. Uh, There have been so far a half million people killed, and 90% of them have died of what?
12: Probably machetes.
1: Machete wounds. Yeah. That's right. So uh, if you want to kill, you're going to find a way to kill. Even if it's by the tens or hundreds of thousands, uh, gun or no gun, it's human behavior, and I get so tired of preaching that. But yeah,
12: you know, and it would just create a black market in the United States if they eradicated guns.
1: I know. Thank you very much for the call. I'm livid about this last little slice or big slice of gun control. You know, you know what got that done? The president, who wanted to mollify some of his uh, liberal critics, because he had to go and do the back shuffle on the MFN for China. The White House feared uh, so much criticism that they threw in a gun ban just to quiet the left. Us, uh, so this this guy's getting to be too much. This guy's getting to be too much. Wildcard line, you're on the air. Hello
13: morning Art.
1: hello it's the
13: bronx brother from kpnw oh yes how you been fine very good just calling to remind everyone that you know this guy called the president whoever he is a reagan a clinton or perot they're all just puppets
1: when the and, the and the real strings are are being pulled by
13: the corporations of america not the mom-and-pop shops.
1: Yeah, but the, mom and the pop big ones. Gonna, but right. the big guys. The big ones.
13: The guys that are putting the bill for the senators, the congressmen, and the president. And they're just there to take the heat for the corporations. Hmm. But but that's all aside. That's an aside. That's, a, you know, and like I say, divide and conquer. If they can keep us thinking liberal, conservative, boom, they've divided us. So they, they're doing what they want to do no matter what, and we're just sitting around debating liberal, conservative.
1: Well, there's not much choice. When they're doing the kinds of things they're doing, um, people like myself can't can't stay quiet about it, can't stay silent. I mean, to do so is deadly. Right, but
13: then you talk about the Reagan principles last night. Yeah. Okay. I,
1: I, as, I, as in that he had some, and this guy doesn't.
13: Okay, well, well okay, okay. Let, let's say, let, let me take a, for example, releasing severely mentally sick people into the population just because we don't, we don't have money for, for for mental hospitals no more.
1: Oh, they, boy. They, they I, run,
13: all right, they, sir.
1: Sir, sir, you really don't know the story on this. Um, look. Do you know why that was done? It was done because of lawsuits. I have watched uh, administrations uh, of cities, of states, uh, of the federal government actually uh, uh, go out, for example, and take into custody, protective custody, some people are out there talking to themselves on the streets. Homeless people. People who uh, uh, seem to have genuine psychological problems. And try to do something. And do you know what the reaction of the left was? Lawsuit. Lawsuit. Please state. That's right. And uh, they've gone to court, for example, and had uh, uh, people that were uh, being studied uh, released. Released. People who I think almost any of you, on on looking, uh, you know, looking at this person or listening to them for a while, would agree that they are very psychologically troubled. The left went to court to have them cut loose, and got them cut loose. New York is a good example. Wildcard Line, you're on the air.
14: Howdy, Art. This is Jason in Bellingham.
1: Hello, Jason. Um,
14: still, I just wanted to call up and, and still put the challenge to any uh, creationists out there about what I mentioned last night. And also, I have two more things. Well,
1: they, they've, uh, they've already answered that, I thought, uh, many of them very well. So why renew it?
14: Oh, they, I didn't hear. Uh,
1: what, your what challenge was, was re- with regard to... Oh, the wait, stars, right?
14: Right, exactly.
1: Uh huh. I, I think that's been thoroughly discussed.
14: Within within the last day. Yep. Oh, I didn't hear anybody. What what they have to say?
1: Well, even Preston Nichols commented on it.
14: What was the, what was it?
1: Well, it all has to do with the age of the Earth and all the rest of it. I, anyway, sir, go ahead.
14: Okay. Well, the next ones are, um, why do as, when humans are in embryos or all mammals for that matter do they have gill slits? And the second one is is a challenge to the Bible of. How did Noah possibly get all the species, all the known and all the unknown species, and the provisions for them, on a boat for 120 days? And he would have to get all the marine organisms on the boat, too, because they couldn't survive that.
1: And when he came off, how poorly did he smell? (laughs) Thanks for the call. (laughs) 120 days on a boat with all the world's animals. Boy, you'd come off reeking. Hello there on the uh, toll-free line. You're on the air.
18: Hi, Art. goodness, I about fell over. Uh, This is in uh, Glendale, uh, (laughs) KFYI. And um, I wanted to say hi to King Arthur of of the Kingdom of Nye. (laughs) I think that's kind of neat.
1: And I greet you.
18: (laughs) Okay, what I wanted to say is that man's name is the McElhaney Report. I've heard... um, people from his organization, you know, um, um, on some of the shows, uh, the talk shows, and they're very good. <laughs> I, th-
1: I think there's a V in there, McElveney. Mac-
18: McElhaney or McElveney. McEl-Vaney, I,
1: I think it is. McElveney, yes. Uh,
18: yeah, McElveney, and they're real good. That may be a V. <laughs> I've never seen it in writing, so it's kind of hard to understand.
1: All right, it's, it's M-C-A-L-V-A-N-Y. McIlvaney, it would seem, intelligence advisor.
18: That's it. Okay. Um, and and uh, uh, what you were saying also that about the... Um, the oh, possibility of the president signing an executive order this weekend makes me very angry, too.
1: Well, now, look, it's oh, listen to me. It's only a rumor. I wouldn't report it as more than right. a rumor, and that's the way the person who sent the facts reported it. So I, take I, that.
18: I understood you say that, but that still, it just irks the dickens out of me. I mean, just the...
1: Well, I can only imagine, thank you for the call, At what would happen if he really did it. And because I can imagine that... I don't think he would do it. I think no matter what ultimate goals the the gun grabbers have, to sign something like that, um, well, that'd be the end. You know, that'd be the end. That'd be the final straw, and that would be pushing too hard. So my inclination is to believe that it is not true. Could be wrong. Hello there. On the first-time caller line, you're on the air.
19: Oh, I'm on the air. You're
1: on the air. Turn your radio off.
19: Okay, okay. Uh, This is Lynn from Phoenix, Arizona. Hi, Lynn. And uh, what I wanted to ask you, do you know that the Kitty Hawk is going to leave for Korea next week?
1: The Kitty Hawk will leave for Korea? No, I hadn't heard that.
19: Uh Uh-huh. I didn't know whether it was common knowledge or not. I happened to be in a position to overhear a young man who was stationed aboard it. He was home on leave and uh, said that he was uh, shipping out next week on the Kitty Hawk for Korea.
1: Well, I'll tell you, uh, I'm glad it's not wartime or probably they'd have us both put away for what you just said.
19: That's what I'm afraid of.
1: Uh, But it wouldn't surprise me and I'm afraid the situation in Korea is deteriorating quickly and I don't know how long a good time Bill can uh, uh, keep from a confrontation with regard to Korea, but I think not much longer. Uh-huh. Thank you.
19: You're welcome.
1: Bye. Oh, Bill in his rose-colored glasses. I don't think he can keep it up very much longer. Uh, I'm afraid that push is just about coming to shove. On the toll-free line, you're on the air. Good morning.
5: Hi, Art. This is Robert and
1: Everett. Hi, Robert.
5: Yeah, guess what? I want to throw a big curve at you. I want to talk about Jupiter.
1: Okay,
4: let's okay. do it.
5: Uh, right now, all the planets are at a uh, uh, situation they haven't been for about 2,000 years. I mean, that's pretty biblical. But uh, that's a fact. And uh, do, would you ask him what that, that you know, what's that all about?
1: Well, I, I'm not clear on your question, that there is some kind of alignment right now?
5: Well, there's going to be. Like, through this summer, And then uh, November of next year, I mean, every planet will be on one side of the sun. And that hasn't happened for 2,000 years. And, you know, I'm not real biblical, but, you know, 2,000 years, everybody calls you, always talks about that.
1: Boy, I'll tell you, you're right about that. Everything uh, points toward the year 2,000. Uh, Thank you. Sure, I'll try to remember that. Uh, For the first time ever, all planets will be aligned on one side of the sun. What does that mean, if anything? On the wildcard line, you're on the
7: air. Hello. Yeah, this is Marie in Marysville, and when you was talking to him about the reversal he mentioned that um Yes. Um it's happened before quite a few times. On the Plate Magnetic the North and South.
1: How do we know that?
7: Uh, it's in the records. You can find uh you know in the center of the Atlantic Ocean they have a ridge. Yes. And if you study and read any books on plate tectonics, you will notice that the magnetic poles have reversed themselves quite a few times. Uh, it will point. When you have rocks that uh, come up hot, they freeze the magnetic north or south. And it shows that right in the oh. ridge it's happened before.
1: Oh, I see. Uh, so so by, by, by the various directions that they turn in the strata, you can, you can say, well, this many thousands of years ago, the, the uh, poles shifted.
7: Yes, it's happened before. They do, they're not quite sure what happens, but it has happened, and uh, that may be where you get a lot of movement of the plates. So that could be that too. But I just kind of had a question that you know how you've been down on Clinton so much, and I have too. Have you ever noticed that the banging on the table starting quite a bit?
1: Yeah, he almost every. You're right. Every public appearance lately, he's been banging on the table. It's true.
7: Okay, you should get a hold of some psychology books on body language and how to forcefully...
1: And what would I discover?
7: Well, I think you'd find that he is doing a lot like Hitler, too. It's to emphasize points. He's trying to control what we feel. Even though everything is going the wrong way, he's trying to take control of it. And it just, across TV, it just... Irks
1: me. So, what we're viewing then is uh, a Bill Clinton's slow descent into psychosis?
7: Well, I don't think it's into psychosis more than <laughs> it's trying to take control. <laughs> oh, geez. I just have a correspondence between what Hitler sitting there watching him and watching Clinton. And that's how it's coming across. I don't know if he's listening, but it's sure coming across. Should
1: should we be watching for a mustache soon?
7: Oh, I think so. I think we better watch him. And I think that just everything is just changing so fast. He has to push it so fast to... Get it across without thinking.
1: All right. Well, I, you know, I appreciate your call. Wildcard line, you're on the air. Hello.
20: Yes, Art. This is Pat from Albuquerque, KQEO. Hello. Hi, Pat. Um, you were talking about the uh, Chinese and uh, most favored nation. Yes. Uh, Clinton, I guess, signed that order banning all guns and ammunition
4: from China. Yeah, you
20: know, it's gonna it's gonna dry it up to some extent. But there are other countries like uh, Egypt, Yugoslavia, and other places that you'll be uh, still be able to get uh, ammunition from.
1: Well, the main sub- supplier has definitely been China. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of ammo out there and been in a lot of gun stores.
20: Well, it's pretty much dried up. Here in Albuquerque, uh, it's dried up to about five boxes per customer, most places. Brother. And it's in... Uh, <laughs> well... You know, it's just something, you know, if you have any, it's best not to go out and just, you know, uh, plink with it, because you may need it somewhat, sometime down the road.
1: Well, I certainly agree with that. I uh, I, I, tell you, this latest thing has made me sick.
20: I, I, it, it, I've I, seen this coming for about ten years now, and it's been expected for quite a while. And I think a lot of people have noticed the changes over the years, you know, the way that the government has tried to ban different things and uh you know, take away our rights.
1: Well, what are you going to do personally? What are you going to do?
20: Well, what I do is I reload and I do, you know, I have been doing a lot of it recently and uh, just stockpiling and even primers and stuff like that, are, uh, primers are hard to come by now. Uh, one of the local gun stores, when he gets them, allocates 300 primers per customer of one type. not I mean, uh, if you buy something like uh, small rifle primers, you're only allowed 300 per per order. Boy, and,
1: boy. Uh, sir, I've got to go. I, I'm at right. the top of the hour. I appreciate your call. Thank you, Albuquerque. Gun bands, gun bands, gun bands.
0: special replay of Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. Tonight's program is a rebroadcast from May 27th, 1994.
1: Please do not call. Toll-free line, you're on the air. Hi.
17: Um, Yes, um, I'd like to disagree with you on, um, well, I agree with you with the part where you oppose Clinton's flip-flopping on it, but I disagree with you as to the the uh, intelligence of his final choice on the China policy.
1: Oh, I think it was um, the only choice, and I'll make my case, but I'll let you make yours first. Why do you why do you think he should have stuck with the link between human rights and uh, trade?
17: Well, for one thing, he had stated very um, uh, strongly for at least two years that um, that there w- that there was this link, that it was correct that there be a link in that Bush. Who had also conceded that there should be a link had not had not uh, enforced what Bush had said. So by by doing what he did, uh, aside from the fact that I believe morally China is an, is, is a you know corrupt morally and has killed uh, millions of Chinese and is destroying Tibet, which never receives any notice in news media. Um, the, for, for, the, for this reason, I believe that. It just it shows the Chinese can just thumb their noses at us at any time, which they've been doing for years, whenever we make an ultimatum or a request or a demand, and they always win. And this just shows that they can basically do whatever they want, and yes. it shows other people in the world.
1: Yes, it is uh, for them the final victory, uh, but it's a victory uh, over a policy that should not have been. Look, sir, China has a billion people in 15 years china's going to be the world's largest economy there are certain things that we cannot ignore those that that believe me is one of them we have certain choices in this world either we um, economically that is and uh, either we're part of the solution or in effect we're going to be part of the problem and while uh it's great to hold the flag up for uh, for human rights we've got to go on eating so to speak
17: well, you know, see, this is a self-fulfilling prophecy problem. You can say, yes, it'll be the biggest economy in so many years. Well, that's not, for, that's not foreordained. I mean, in 1945... Yes, it is. Yes,
1: sir. No, sir, you're wrong. It in, is. In 1945,
17: is. who would have foreordained that Japan would have been the second economy in the world? I mean, it was possible, but you can't assume that.
1: Well, you can project that. Any and, and just about any good economist uh, and and will project it. Believe me, China is inevitable. I suppose if we would have nothing to do with them, we might change the timeline a little bit, but not the final result. Well, so I, you know, if you're a hard bitten realist and you know that that's true, um, then you're cutting off your own nose. Okay, let, let me point out
17: something I think you will agree with. We'll see uh, that. At least, if, if he, I personally, I think that he should have held out for more human, for, for some minimal human rights, at least in Tibet. But failing that, he could have at least gotten some concrete concessions in forcing them to make the North Koreans. Uh, allow total inspection of their of their country for nuclear material. And we,
1: we, oh, I'll tell you, though. sir, we may have to go to war with Korea.
17: I I, I agree with you. I hate this, but I mean, he didn't get. What I'm saying is, he did not get one concession.
1: Well, like that's the. Yeah, area. but that is the. How do you know? How do you know that he did not get concessions about uh, the Korean scenario and what now is going to have to be done?
17: Well, uh, based on Clinton, the way, the way he's, just just based on following him the last few months, uh, I I I sincerely doubt that he's gotten anything. God, I, I, wish, I
1: wish I wish I wish yeah. that you would not have taken that approach, because <laughs> I I am almost forced to agree that's a possibility, Sam. <laughs> but it is a possibility. I mean, I,
17: I hate I hate to say that about, but I believe Clinton's the one-term president, and I uh, hope the Republicans get their act together because if they don't do an incompetent job of campaigning like in 1992, they could get it back. But I have, unfortunately, I have faith in the Republicans as being almost as incompetent as the Democrats. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Republican, <sighs> but uh, I think they're going to salivate and then they're going to end up putting some candidate in there who's, who's weak, who Clinton can attack. But failing that, I think the Republicans can get it back because Clinton. I feel these scandals. There's enough time for all these scandals to just age and just to mellow by the time the '96 campaign comes around.
1: All right, good call. Yeah. I, I appreciate your call, sir. Thank you. And the one part that I. Uh, causes me to hiccup a little bit is his assertion the Clinton administration isn't bright enough to make a deal like that. (laughs) You know, Nixon would have, in other words, um, in backtracking on his policy, which really was the right thing to do, (sighs) he would have at least uh, made some political capital from it, have realized some under-the-table deal with the Chinese that they wouldn't interfere with what inevitably is going to have to be done in Korea. Fighting the Koreans will be bloody enough. Fighting the Chinese could be catastrophic. So, beyond the economic pressure, there are the political considerations I just outlined. They are not trivial. But what he said worries me. Because he could be right. Here's a fax I just got. Art Bell, are you willing to pay the cost of the drug prohibition? the complete loss of your right to bear arms. If I recall my history, the prohibition against machine guns was a result of bootleggers' misuse of this weapon during the 1930s alcohol prohibition. Now drug dealers are misusing assault guns, handguns, and semi-automatic rifles. Does anybody doubt that guns will soon be prohibited? It is, after all, a logical government response to a scared population that's demanding simplistic answers to the violent crime problem. Over the last 20 years, we've had the war on drugs, the war on crime, the building of, building of more prisons. Now we have more people in prison than ever before. We have more drugs, more crime, and fewer civil liberties than ever before. Could we be missing something? On the toll-free line, you're on the air. Hello.
21: Good morning, Art. Good morning. I don't know whether I'm listening to you live because I here on Klamath Falls. But I think you, I think you are live. You're talking about China. Yeah. Because when they when you first came on the air here, they had a they had they weren't up, they were like an hour behind or something. I don't know how they used to schedule you.
1: Well, um, I don't know. Uh, do you have your radio there?
21: Yeah, well, you're live now. Oh, okay. Yes, but um, anyway, you mentioned that, you know, economic-wise, we needed to go ahead and trade with China. Now, I don't, I, I don't disagree with that necessarily.
1: Economically and politically. In other words, I'm saying that China's eventual ascension um, economically will occur with or without the United States. The best we could do is probably affect the timeline a little bit, but not the final result.
21: Okay, so let's, t- let's talk about sort of a hypothetical thing here with, with some country. I don't know what kind of human violations or what kind of conditions the people who make these goods that we're going to enjoy here in this country, I don't know what they're go- if they're going through any kinds of torture or not to produce items that we're going to enjoy. But let's talk about Nazi Germany. Is there a limit on what kind of human suffering we will allow a trading partner to inflict upon its people before we can say, hey, maybe I can do without this uh, nice little item for uh, uh, 10% cheaper than I have to pay if it came from someplace else. Is there a limit? Is there some? Is there any point that the people of the United States care about uh, humanity and suffering? All right, look, I've got
1: it. All right. uh, l- I'm going to make you president for a second, all right? Let me do that. Let me make you president. Can I?
4: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Here's the situation, Mr. President. On the one hand, uh, I'm sorry, but I have to verify for you, Mr. President, despite your uh, uh, presidential um, uh, signature on a document not long ago outlining what China would have to do, and we know about the campaign uh, promises you made, Mr. President, but there's two things that... We've got to tell you, uh, Mr. President, uh, on the other side of the coin, with these human rights violations, we have a situation where we're probably going to end up going to war with North Korea, or may well have to. Um, China's position at that critical juncture is important beyond our ability to state it, not just for the people that are repressed in China, but for the people that will have to go and fight. We can fight North Korea, but to get involved in a war with China is not doable so there is that consideration mr president plus the billion people in china and the inevitability of their economy so weigh those two factors against the human rights violations and give me a decision mm-hmm. so what is what is your decision
21: well a lot of times you have to <clears throat> pay the, the price gets greater as you pull, as you do not face a problem head-on. I agree. You try and cite... Now a, now, a politician has to be re-elected. That's why it's really hard to find a man with... Who's, or a woman who will stand by their... Uh, princi- something that... I mean, not just any old principles. All right, they, all
1: right, fine, fine. So we've got you, Mr. President, and, and we realize you're a hell of a guy and you don't care about your re-election. You're going to do what's right for America. So now we need your decision, Mr. President. Uh, we gave you the factors. What do you say?
21: Well, I like the way we down down, Hussein, with our military. If Clinton hadn't cut our military, if we were a powerful nation again, you know, I like we were with a Desert Storm. Uh, Mr. If, President, if, if Mr. Our words, President, if my president's words stood for something, if people knew that United if, States if, stand for if something, if, if, if we he, weren't going to bet down, they wouldn't call our bluff because they know that we meant business.
1: Why don't you be a politician? You, you don't answer the question.
21: Well, I do, no, I wouldn't you. I mean, I, the question is, I'd say, no, we're not going to these violations. You guys want to go to war? we got the military, we got the power, you just come on and get it. Because we'd have the respect, people would know that that's what, that's what goes with being the most powerful military and the most powerful economic country in the world. We can fake, we can back people down.
1: All right, Mr. President, so it is to war we go with the Chinese. And how many Americans, Mr. President, do you suppose are going to die for uh, for your principle, for your upholding uh, the principle with regard to human rights? How many Americans are going to die, Mr. President? Well, you're not going to be in office very long, I'll tell you that. What's best for America? Clearly the answer is that strategically and economically, the two major things that we think about, um, what Mr. Uh, Clinton did is the right thing. For all the wrong reasons, but it's the right thing. Wild Card line, you're on the air. Hello.
15: Good morning, Mister Bell. This is Rob from Oahu. How are you doing, sir? Just fine. Well, I tell you, if I was president, the first thing I'd set in stone is I'd be the only one using the presidential helicopter. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> and you know, it's like I told you yesterday. It's, it's it's hard enough to hide one of them monsters on a golf course,
1: but you know, two of them. Yeah, we're,
15: we're gonna. Hide, they must have parked that one behind the country club. We're well,
1: I, I'll tell probably. you right now, that picture. With the with the marine saluting and the guys with their golf carts, that, the that, White House aides, that is going to go down as one of the visuals from this uh, administration and one of the great visuals of all time, to to perhaps uh, uh, even rival the kiss in Paris. That
15: that's that's, that's <laughs> classic. I mean, the, yeah. that that poor marine is 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 the epitome of grace under
1: pressure. Uh, oh man, I you've mean, got that right. You
15: know, it's it's hard to salute somebody in golf shoes yeah <laughs> but he just take him seriously
1: I mean doing the marine thing, God bless the Marines, but he was standing there stiff boy in that salute, and it was it was like uh, the president himself was right there,
15: oh well, he was doing his job was not he yeah you you gotta you gotta give him that um if i could i'd I'd like to take a minute and issue kind of you know kind of a stern warning um to people that have uh sons and daughters in the military. Uh, what they share with you in confidence needs to stay that way. I, I can't stress this enough.
1: Uh, yeah, they used to say, loose lips sink ships.
15: Well, that's that's very true. On top of being a major breach of security, and possibly it coming back to that person, you may never see your loved ones alive again. You know, And if you want to see censorship in America, well, hey, you
1: know, Thanks. did
15: it in World War Two. I know.
1: Thanks for the call, sir. Well, we're not at war, so, I'm, you know, the same things don't really apply. Uh, but, you know, North Korea has submarines. And uh, while our capital ships are pretty well protected, and the noisy uh, old subs that North Korea has really wouldn't have much of a chance of uh, getting one of our capital ships. I don't put it past them, uh, but to try something like this. Now, I'm going to do a little uh, uh, gun uh, panel. Not a panel. I'm going to get two of you. I want one um, uh, anti-gunner. I want one person who wants to ban guns. Uh, to call me uh, at the bottom of the hour break at area code 702-727-1222. When we go to the bottom of the hour break, anti-gunners, uh, gun grabbers, people who think that every gun on the street ought to be confiscated, call area code 702-727-1222. Everybody else wishing to oppose that position at the bottom of the hour, call 702 702- 727-1295. On the wild card line, you're on the air. Hello. Well,
5: this is Bob from Sacramento. Hi, Bob. Yeah. Uh, the last couple of times I called you, but cut me off.
1: Thank well, what did you say that caused me to cut you off?
5: Uh, uh, I don't. I can't get into that. I wanted to make a point, though, about <laughs> Haiti.
1: Well, th- well, then I can't believe that I cut you off, Bob.
5: Well, listen, I want to make a point about Haiti. All righty, go right ahead. Well, the saying goes that there's a ton of cocaine flowing out of Haiti into America every month, and the the Bank of Miami had the greatest cash reserve of any bank in the states, and now that cash reserve has has transferred over to the Los Angeles banks because of NAFTA, and now.
1: Wait a minute. What would NAFTA have to do with it?
5: The NAFTA has to do with the uh, Mexican truckers coming through without being stopped. I see. And uh, the truck drivers under NAFTA. What, what
1: what 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 money laundering? You mean? Are you gone. talking? About, are you talking about drug money laundering? Yes. Uh huh.
5: And you know, you think about a ton of cocaine coming out of uh, Haiti every month. That's big bucks.
1: That's big bucks. Yes.
5: And uh, there's a book written by Mark Levine, DEA, Drug Enforcement Agency. Yes. Called the Great White Lie. Yes and it implicates the CIA in cocaine and drugs uh, running.
1: Ah, bah humbug. Listen. Uh, you know, I think if some... If you read
5: that look, book, it'll turn your head around. Yeah,
1: all right. Well, I think definitely the CIA was involved in some of that uh, from South America, but they it was... They
5: say the Nicaraguan army was armed with uh, drug money.
1: <laughs> all right. You have but, the
5: best talk show on the air. Thank you, Bob. Good evening. S- see you
1: later. Um, I think that the CIA perhaps was involved... In, uh, and certainly there was a story on 60 Minutes, but it was in an attempt, a futile, stupid attempt, to catch some druggies where they actually became indru- involved in drug dealing. As far as uh, the Contras are concerned, I'm sure some of the pilots that went down probably did bring back drugs. But in terms of the CIA uh, having an active role in sponsoring uh, drug shipments in order to uh, finance the Contra War or anything else. I don't believe that now. I didn't believe it then. And it has yet to be proven to me uh, whether somebody writes a book or not. On the toll-free line, you're on the air. Hello. Oh, hi. Hi.
21: Is this uh, Mr. Bell?
1: It is, yes. Hi, sir.
21: Yeah, I was going to ask you a little bit. I was just talking or listening to you about uh, the Chinese war uh, that we possibly might have. And my father, who's passed away now, when he came back uh, from Korea, had said that uh, that the Chinese could walk across the ocean six abreast, and that they could take, or one of their leaders, I can't remember his name, had said that they would take democracy and this country without ever firing a shot. I, I can't well,
1: I think it is important. Uh, where are you calling from, sir?
21: I'm calling from Eastern Washington.
1: Eastern Washington, thank you. I think it is important to understand how many Chinese there are. And I think a lot of Americans don't understand that. Last census, I believe that we were uh, around 250, 260 million people. Uh, the Chinese have a population roughly four times our population. China is now beginning to uh, not change politically, but economically they are. They've got quite a capitalist engine that has started, and China is rapidly changing. Eventually, economic change will force political change. There's almost no question about it. So we have to bide our time, and I think we have to bide it wisely. So I'm going to say this again. Extending MFN to China was the right thing to do. It had to have been a very embarrassing thing for Bill Clinton, considering the poisonous rhetoric that he poured on George Bush for so long about coddling the Chinese communists and all the rest of it. It must have been very internally embarrassing. Or maybe not. Maybe Bill Clinton is actually... Past that. Either way, it was the right decision. And then, of course, there's Korea. We'll be back.
0: coast am archives you're listening to the best of art bell this program was originally broadcast may 27 1994 please do not call
1: here again i am and just before i get this uh discussion going and i i forgot to screen for calls <laughs> so i'm gonna have to screen for calls here in a minute on the air that's always a blast on the wild card line you're on the air
19: uh dr democrat
1: well hello there good morning Art. good morning
19: has decided to fight rather than switch.
1: Well, right. yeah, isn't that something? I've been hearing that as well.
19: I love a Democrat that fights. You know, it, uh,
1: well, most of them just retire and take the money and run.
19: Right, but uh, this way he can stay in the Congress at least, and he can fight for health care and uh, the rest of uh, Clinton's agenda, and he could drag this court case out for a year or two.
1: Well, he certainly uh, could probably, Doc. Uh, it is true. Now, there may be moves uh, by Republicans to uh, eject him once he's indicted.
19: Yeah, but uh, I don't think they can do it uh, because a man's innocent to proven guilty.
1: Another thing, uh, I had heard, Doc, that if he chose to fight, that the indictment could come very quickly. So I would think within hours, literally, uh, the indictment could come down.
19: Right, but before he gets a court date, that could be uh, six months, eight months, who knows? It's true and his lawyer can drag it on and drag it on, it could be 96 before he goes to trial.
1: It could be. Now, whether he can keep his seat all that time is a political question.
19: Right. Now, did you hear about uh, Bob Barker?
1: Um, What did I hear about Bar- Bob Oh, He had an affair.
19: With Diane Parkinson.
1: Yeah, uh, allegedly. And uh, she is uh, going to sue him, is that right? No,
19: allegedly. Uh, what she said was that uh, he's guilty of sexual harassment, and he says he didn't do it. And Bob Barker understands that if he doesn't tell the truth... He's well,
1: now, wait affair. a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I heard the word affair, right? Right, that's affair. what Bob Barker said. Affair. Well, okay, an affair is not sexual harassment. No,
19: she accused him of sexual harassment. I
1: understand that, but if she went to bed with him uh, on, on uh, voluntarily...
19: Right. According to Bob Barker, she said she started the affair. She came on to him. Now, Bob Barker understands that if he doesn't tell the truth, he's going to have to pay the consequences and uh I understand also that uh Diane Parkinson might be willing to uh, settle out of court if the price is right
1: well who knows yeah all right well thank you yeah that's uh, I did hear that and I thought at the time uh, and it's just sort of musings but how can you have sexual harassment uh when you have uh when you volunteered to go to, to go to bed with somebody now maybe there's the charge that um she did it or had to do it to keep her job. But, you know, there's free will, too, isn't there? In other words, if you don't want to go to bed with somebody, whether, it, whether it's sexual harassment or not, you, you can tell them, goodbye. Kiss off. Goodbye. Arrivederci. Take your job and your harassment and shove it. You can say that, right? So there is free will. And so I don't know, in cases where people are going to claim later that it was harassment, but indeed the the act uh, was ensuing for some time, I, I think that fact would tend, if I were a juror, to weaken the case in, in my mind quite a bit. On the uh, toll-free line, you're on the air.
14: Hi, good morning, how are you doing? Just fine. Oh, uh, this is uh, Tim. Um, uh, what I was calling about is, I don't know if I can mention the name, I've got a shortwave and you seem to be pretty knowledgeable. I was in the Navy, I was a radio in, in the Navy.
1: Yeah, and, go ahead, you can mention it.
14: Okay, it's a Sony ICF uh, SW? Yes. Uh, uh, SW1? Right. I was wondering what you thought of that as a radio uh, for shortwave. It does. It doesn't have sideband, though.
1: Well, that's a big drawback. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, if you get seriously into short wave and um, you don't have a beat frequency oscillator, at least, uh, much less uh, individual filters, you're going to be very disappointed.
14: I see. Okay, well, uh, I just enjoy your show. I just want to let you know that, oh, has that buffoon intellectually vapid liberal Charlie called tonight? I just turned you on.
1: Yes, he did.
14: He, oh, did he? Yeah, he called Darn.
1: a couple hours ago.
14: All right, well, you have a good night, and I uh, hope it goes quick for you.
1: All right, thank you. Uh, actually, I'd rather have it go slow. When I'm, at, you know, when when I'm doing a show, when I'm really having fun, and that's most of the time, because I love talk radio. It gets to the point where I don't want it to end, and I I'm get upset with it when it's ending. There's not enough time. First time caller line, you're on the air. Good morning, Mr. Bell. It's Leonard in South Dakota. On I the I would f-
18: like to stand up for your guns. I beg your pardon. I'd like to get on your debate for your guns.
1: Oh, I see. Uh, you're against guns, are you, Leonard?
18: Against
1: confiscation of our guns. Oh, well, Leonard, you're on the wrong side and on the wrong line. Now, you didn't listen, Leonard. Thanks for the call. But I said, if you are if you want to confiscate guns, if you think they should be confiscated, if you think the president's doing the right thing, then call me at 702-727-1222. And you got it backwards, Leonard. Backwards. So, we're looking for somebody now that wants to confiscate the guns. Thinks they ought to be confiscated. Have a little mini-debate here. Hi there, are, you're on the air. Do you think the guns ought to be confiscated?
14: Immediately.
1: Oh, lordy. All right, hold on. All right, so there he is, the big C. <laughs> Anybody want to argue uh, against that position? On the wildcard line, you're on the air.
22: Good morning, Art. Uh, Stan out here in uh, San Diego's Hot Talk. Kogo, K-O-G-O.
1: K-O-G-O, the mighty. Yes, sir. The
22: mighty, mighty. Yes, Mr. Clinton. I'm afraid that uh, um, he is going to. He's trying every which way he can to get us into Haiti, into a a skirmish in Haiti. He's he's desperately trying. Uh, I mean, uh, he's got the Black Caucus now because he needs their votes, certainly, and uh, we know hunger strikes work.
1: Well, that's exactly what has shaped our Haitian policy, is a, is a hunger strike. And, and uh, Randall, uh, once again yesterday, was out calling for an invasion of Haiti. The, well, vice right. president, uh, the vice president hinted we may be about to invade, and I am convinced we are.
22: That's right. And, of course, uh, it's always good to uh, get the country, uh, get some extra votes, especially if he's just uh, slipping a little bit. And, but timing's important there, you know. And
1: uh, What do you think of the prospect of uh, uh, Hillary Clint- Clinton? <laughs> As president.
22: Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, certainly, you wouldn't remember, but uh, quite some time ago, I said to you, I said, you know, Art, I had this terrible, terrible thought, and you said, what was that? I said, well, eight years of Clinton, eight years of Gore, eight years of, of Hillary. I just
1: think you've got the uh... the order wrong. Oh, right?
22: yeah. back then I did. Uh, obviously, they uh... they uh, they did a quail job on Gore, you know, and so forth. So, uh... yeah, that's uh, that's amazing. Well
1: even contemplating eight years of hillary clinton
22: <sighs> and it is a horrible thought isn't it?
1: oh my I god I mean it's,
22: it's almost like surreal <laughs> yeah
1: and you know what? it's possible
22: <laughs> I know let's laugh first because otherwise you'd cry you know?
1: that's that's right
22: let me say something about Jacqueline Kennedy if I may yes you may you know this was a, a woman that uh, she had she carried herself uh, with dignity she yes. had an elegance about her Yes. she went through hell and she was courageous and she wanted to be private and so forth and so, and this Camelot thing and the whole thing. And here was sort of somebody we would say some nice things about. But, boy, you should hear people saying, well, she never did anything for the country, and she wasn't even, she owed us some reasons, and she owed us this, and she owed us that. I mean, anything to tear somebody down. It was, it was sort of an elegant lady. I mean, that like we could say that much. After all, another thing can be said, it raises the old, uh, the old story that she actually made uh, Aristotle Onassis a millionaire, you know.
1: She made him a millionaire? Yeah, he
22: used to be a billionaire.
1: (laughs) I see. All right. Thank you very much for the call. Made him a millionaire. (laughs) On our wild card line, you're on the air. Good morning.
23: Good morning, Art. This is Larry calling from Las Vegas.
1: Hello, Larry. How are you? Fine.
23: Uh, I was going to ask a favor of you. Uh, Would you consider fielding a question on your uh, program to the American public? Of course. I would really appreciate it if you would ask those folks out there, if they think it might be possible that when God gave us the Bible, made it possible for us to have it, and it's been preserved all these years, did he do it because he thought we needed a manual of instruction for life, much like we come with your Ford or your Chevy? <laughs>
1: um, okay.
23: I just, I just think you might get some interesting responses. Uh, I think a lot of people think of the Bible as nothing but a sort of a sanctimonious uh, bunch of fairy tales or something. <laughs> and uh, I just thought it might be kind of interesting. It might get people to thinking that there might be some answers in that book to our problems that we're facing. All right. And crime and all this other stuff.
1: All right. Thank you very much. You bet. Take care. And so there the question is out. You asked it. Uh, sort of an instruction manual for life but without any warranties <laughs> all right so i've got the big c here on uh, line one anybody wishing to take him on should call on one of the wild card lines right now and wait till you see what i've got coming up i've got a state representative for the state of alaska <laughs> of gun owners of america who's going to take on big c in just a moment here that's what i'm gonna call now on the big c And away we go. Uh, Big C, are you there? Yes. All right, good. Uh, here is a, a representative, state representative for Gun Owners of America in Alaska. Where are you in Alaska?
4: I'm
24: in the soon-to-be new capital of Wasilla.
1: Wasilla, Alaska. Soon-to-be the new capital. All yeah, right. Correct, you you Ken, both are on the...
24: Uh, one thing to let you know, Art, if you contact Larry Pratt at our office in Washington, uh, he'll be glad to come on your... Uh, on your show,
1: I'd love to have him, and uh, so if you
24: like, I'll give you the office number and give it to you over the air. There's no problem with that.
1: Well, don't do that. Fax it to me or send it.
24: To I me. don't have the fact. Don't have access to a fax. Well, I'm not uh, like a government employee who's calling on government time.
1: All right, I'm, I'm going to bow out. We'll get it. Don't worry, I've got it. Um, go ahead, you two. Subject: Guns.
9: Um, first of all, let me assure you, sir, that um, that one day your worst fears and my dreams will come true. I think you and I are in a uh, war, and I think it's a war for the heart uh, of America. And I believe that, uh, that the lives of many Americans depend on, on my side winning that war, and we will do that.
24: One thing, sir, uh, one thing to let you know is that if your side ever attempts to go ahead and confiscate our weapons, there will be lives of many people Shed, and as Jefferson stated, the uh, tree of liberty will be fertilized with the blood of patriots and traitors. Let me tell you
9: something. You can make your idle threats as much as you like.
24: These uh, are not I don't, idle I, threats, sir. Uh, well, that is, These are not idle threats. you are exactly Chinese, American, and all kinds of weapons used and turned upon each other if you attempt to take weapons.
9: Let me assure you, why don't
24: you go ahead and exercise the same rights or exercise the same restrictions on the other constitutional rights what are you going you to have a law about what, church what you're going to go to
9: or can't go to because you are under the false impression that you have a constitutional right in the second amendment let me show you that you I, don't I, excuse
24: me excuse me the constitution is not a right
9: the uh, second, uh, second Amendment, the is, second not a amendment right. is not. The Second Amendment is is totally misunderstood by you guys. No, no it is it's not. It is not you misunderstood. Do not have a right there. The Supreme Court has
24: upheld that the right of the individual is the same as when they are referring to the people. They're referring to the right of the individual.
4: Well, we so that don't... means the
24: people, that means the corporations only have the right of. Uh, free speech. The corporations only have the right of free
9: worship. Oh that's fine. Am I correct? No, I'm, what I'm saying no, you're, I'm, I'm, what I'm, you're
24: going to use what I'm, you're going to use the same analogy, you're going to use it throughout. What I'm
9: saying is, throughout, is that the, what the I'm saying is that you sir, guys do not understand the Second Amendment. That's all I'm saying. And and we and the courts, the right, and the courts the citizens have said it, and that's are the
24: militia as a whole.
9: It's the right the individual
24: the, private citizen. If you look over in the if you look over in the legal definitions of the militia, the militia is any able-bodied male between the ages of 17 and 45 who is not an elected official or a member of the military. Os, when Oswald took that
9: gun and pointed it at John Kennedy's head, was he part of the militia? Come when, back. Uh, when uh, when Robert Kennedy was shot uh, after he the victory not an celebration, was was that was Tarant that guy Tarant part of the militia? Was not an American. You are By
24: definition, he it was not a he, consi- he was not considered part of a part of the Why militia. Why not? Oswald's an American citizen, isn't he? Oswald was not either. Why not? But I don't
9: believe had He had, t- he he had taken American back his American citizenship when he went to Russia. Well, I mean, let me put it this way: Are gangbangers a uh, part of the militia? what gangbangers are you talking when about the gang does the does the militia? All
1: right hold are it hold it, you it. it. Yeah, hold it you you cannot both talk at the same time
9: Let's 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 face it people doing people everybody who owns a gun is not part of the militia yes, because they there are some evil there are some evil crazy people out there and who you I would not want to be you're part. Correct. Of you're but correct me,
24: Charlie and the same that there are some evil crazy people and if you look in the mirror you will see
9: one of them. Well, no, I think here here's what's going to happen in the next 20 years because I don't think I, I don't think right now it'd be possible to uh to confiscate guns, but I think in the next 20 years because I the way we're going to go about this and I think this is the best way to do it is that uh it's kind of like a landing on a beach. You first have to bombard and after you bombard then you can invade. And I think you guys are going to be, in the next 20 years, you guys, the gun nuts, like yourself, are going to be turned basically into uh, pariahs in this country. Uh, you're I believe it's going to, become more and going more to be the other way around, sir. And you guys
24: are going to be the ones that are going to be turned into
9: the what you call pariahs. Obviously, you're sleeping, sir. Look at the numbers. Look at what's happening. Look with at the Brady numbers. Bill. Look, uh, at, look the at what happened, happened. Look at what happened with the ban on assault weapons. If I'd have said five years ago that we could get a ban on assault weapons, you'd have said I was crazy. And you know what? You'd have been right. But
8: what's happening of, is those sir, numbers are
9: slowly turning sir,
24: around, sir. Sir, these bans have done nothing but to. Uh, encourage the gun sales. Can, of guns. And we can. Three, we can talk about In, in fa- the past three, oh. we can talk about it. In the past few months alone, there, the rate of gun sales and gun ammunition in this country has surpassed the rate of it for the several previous years combined. I, I know and I would have
9: I would have imagined that because you had do have a lot of gun extremists out there. I think the majority No, of them, we're
24: not having extremists, but
9: the, sir. But the tide the people that are the people that are buying the guns are the
24: and weapons are people who would never have thought about buying a weapon
9: before. Sir, they the, inevitable, they will the inevitable tide is turning you don't and and pr- you want to know something i'm happy that you do not see that the tide is turning because when because by the time you realize that it's going to be too late for you and i think that'll be and i think that'll be best for this country uh, yeah, you're gonna you going to understand you're wake that up.
24: the militia as a whole will not tolerate that the militia, the militia let me will tell you something turn.
9: let me tell you something all you guys are, are a bunch of hicks with with some gun racks on the back of your trucks you guys are in the minority you guys are going to lose that's the bottom the line answer. you deserve to lose. And if you want to resort
24: to name calling you're the bureaucrat not myself. You're the one, you guys, you're the one who is you're the one who is calling on government time and government expense not myself. Well I, I mean paid vacation the middle of the night government on my expense. own dime when I work for private enterprise. I'm still doing my job but that's not make me the, uh, issue. Y- the issue. Hold it, my tax dollars are being spent to go ahead and let you call.
9: Yeah. Talk that's way, show. That's the way life goes, buddy. But let me just let me just let me just say let me just say something. You you will wind up on the ash heap of history. And you want to know something? You guys deserve it because because what you guys are doing, you guys are responsible for the blood on the street. You guys are responsible for the disorder. We're trying to do something about it. We're going to succeed in that. You guys Adolf really Hitler initially. succeeded in that. You want Did to know, know why you guys Hitler are going to lose
2: your weapons? In that.
9: And Joseph Stalin succeeded in that. When we take your weapons,
2: don't blame us. When you us. take
24: my weapons, you're going to kill me. When you take the American people's weapons, you're going to kill a lot
9: of Americans. The American people. And the American when, people and will voluntarily need, give up their weapons, and you want to know why? How they many people have turned weapons. them over in California, they sir? Will, they will give up their how weapons. How many
24: people have turned them in California, percentage-wise, since California has banned them? California, That's your state. Come on. come on let's talk
9: to you. No, no, no. let me tell come you. Come on, put up or shut up. You something. Your put up or shut up, Charlie. Put up or shut up, I'm not, say, put I'm not up saying I'm not saying that the American people. Turned people, in their weapons in the state of California. I don't know, but I don't, I'm not saying the American people are going to wake up tomorrow. The American but I people are going to wake up and start
24: turning their weapons
9: on these people who want to confiscate it. Let me, t- let me tell you, something. I can give you, can give you a perfect example. Perfect example was the civil rights movement in the 1960s. Somebody had gone. If somebody out of 1962 had been told that you could go into the South right now and a black guy could go and do anything he basically wanted in the South, that person would have told you that you're crazy. That was only 25, 30 years ago. The, the I right can to guarantee keep bear
24: arms is also a civil right.
9: It I can is gar- an
24: inalienable right. It is not
9: an inalienable right. The right you guys are going to find The right out. to
24: have a weapon and the right to protect yourself is an inalienable yeah, right. But you want to what, know, you what are you going to do, Charlie? You're wrong, some, but you know, you what are you know going to do when somebody breaks into your house and tries to rape your wife? Oh, come on. What are you going to do? What are you, gonna are you going to do? do? Gonna gonna go do? do? Oh, good. What are you going to do when you with another No, you're going to go ahead and grab
9: your handgun and try and blow the stoner away. What's going to happen is that your wife is going to get mad at you one night like happens thousands of times in the u.s. every night and blow you away that's what's gonna happen all right
1: that'll right? have to be the final word from alaska from southern california a hidden location that'll have to do it we'll uh, get out of here i'm sorry i wish we had more time